0: Okay. Anyways, uh, anyways, thanks again to uh, Doctor Michael Ryan Morbius for giving me that sieve because, lordy, I needed it. Anyways, welcome to uh, episode 278 of the Fake Hair Podcast. I've been asleep for the past two weeks, so uh, what I miss, Brandon? Uh, I don't know. All right, introduce Brandon. us. <laughs> yeah, that's Brandon. Uh, Sparks is down there as well.
1: I I expect no napping tonight, Ben. If you've had two weeks of sleep. <laughs> That's yeah, and true, also man. I had a
0: doctor and also I got some of Dr. Pepper in me too. And of course, the good doctor himself, all the way from Raya Lucaria, Ryan Iliopoulos. Hi. Call me Venom.
1: Hey! He's back! He's back! Hi He's back!
2: Ryan is back from a from this is three weeks now since you've been on the show.
3: Oh, it's a full hiatus. Feels good. Back yeah. refreshed. Oh uh, and I've still done nothing but play Elden, right? <laughs>
4: yeah!
2: uh, well If you don't mind me taking the baton, Ben, and talking about some of the things that we've done in the past two weeks. Last week we did take the week off because there was an award show on, and well, you know there were other things, and it was just really really busy weekends. We decided to take that weekend off. Yeah. Um. So we did, and we're we're back. We're refreshed.
0: It was a war show where absolutely nothing happened.
2: You know what? As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um. But there was not just the Oscars. There was an award show for podcasts, celebrating independent podcasts. These snobbies. We were we we had talked about them in the lead up a bit. Conversation of Basement Arcade Pause Menu were nominated. I had submitted Victor Podcast for a nomination. It did not get one. Um, but we walked away with a win. Basement Arcade Pause Menu won the award for best interview show.
4: Yay. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Congratulations
2: all, but Ben obviously you did the legwork for that one. Um, that is pretty, pretty great that there's an award winning podcast on this network, on this family, I should
3: say. I've yeah. technically been on an award winning podcast, so that's pretty that's true. Serious.
0: All three of you have. All three yeah, of you we're have.
3: all we're all winners today, Jerry. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, like a win for one one
2: of our shows is a win for all of our shows. Oh,
0: I agree. That oh, yeah. that's true, Mr. Executive Producer uh a nothing title i cannot yeah. stress that enough i i know but nothing it, but
3: but everything
0: well <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie that was very uh it was a very humbling experience and i just the fact that i was nominated three times was our basement arcade pause Menu was nominated three times it's like i'm good i'm fine that's nice yeah. and then it's like the second they said the name the name of the show although i have to i love it because they kept calling it pause menu basement arcade
2: well, yeah, because that's what
0: the logo yeah, is. Yeah, that's what the
2: logo is, and yeah. I was like,
0: "I'll take it. I don't care." <laughs> that's the reboot.
2: Um, yeah that that was uh that was pretty great. I watched the I watched it live. Uh, conversation was up for um, best podcasters. You were pot. You were
0: you and I were both up for podcaster of the year.
2: Podcaster of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, conversation. Me, I do not get it. Uh, you know, I so kind of whatever. I... whatever. Hey,
1: great whatever. that conversation got that recognition though.
2: mm Hmm um but uh they're talking about it uh when they announced the awards um pause menu like really impressed them and i gotta say like i i don't like to inflate ben's ego often but i do gotta say pause menu is one of our most successful shows uh it does very well for us it is very popular um i'm really proud of it and i'm really proud of you ben and congratulations on
0: getting that award thank you i i shall take this win uh humbly and thankfully yes yeah
2: and that's enough of that. Uh, screw you, Ben. Um, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> um, but we did not sit on our laurels. There were plenty of things that, come out, that came out in the last two weeks. And we have linked below. Uh, for example, my screen went work is obviously down there. There's a couple of articles that went up in the past couple of days. Let's see if I can remember them. There's an Akira Takarada. We talked about his passing in the last episode. Um, I I wrote a list about his um, his Godzilla movies. He did five, Six. Five, technically six the cut has seen in the sixth one um and i included it anyway um so that's that's there i did a list of like the 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 10 best disney sequels that are tv shows so you know your aladdin's your jungle book no tailspin technically a jungle books uh, sequel so i put that in there um tarzan, tarzan didn't make the cut sadly oh, okay
0: that's the, only, um, that's the only one i remember
2: big hero six um that, that had a show. There's tons of them, um, and I put and I made a list of them.
3: Real quick about Big Hero Six. I've never read that comic. That comic is about X Men characters. Yeah, that character is about Sunfire, who's on the X Men right now. And I'm like, what? Did why did they make that move? Well, because like they don't have the rights to anything. But I'm like, I had no idea. Now I want to read that comic because it's about Sunfire of the X Men. I'm like, shit. Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> it's super fun, different.
2: Right? It's a great movie though. Yeah, it is. Um, so that's up there. And then the, today there's a okay so someone put up someone pitched a, the 10 most important post-credit scenes in the mcu so i was like eh, the 10 least important
0: post-credit scenes in the mcu <laughs> so i read that one and i got a bone to pick with some of your editors what, what do my editors do so you know this the dancing Groot song yeah it's uh the jackson fives um i want you back not i want your back 'Cause whoever did that put Michael Jackson's like it's the Jackson five Ben you're right that was the editor's fault yeah <laughs> totally I'm totally blaming the editors on that one I should that's like um I've
2: I'll be honest I don't like that I don't like that I did that one it was too negative it, it ended up far more negative than I intended it
0: to be and I never well, want to write anything negative so I, I wouldn't say it was too negative but there there are times but you, you're right there are some of those post grad scenes that really don't overact the story but you were still pretty positive I was like look this might not overact the story it might not set something up but it is a fun scene to watch and it's like okay I mean it's not super important but still fun to watch. I appreciate you. Um,
2: the Hawkeye post credit mm. scene was was the reason why I just had to do that because I find that one to be terrible. Um, mm-hmm. The musical number.
0: Oh, I, it's already been blocked from I account. know.
1: I had to think about it too. I was like, "What is that again?" The key thing wasn't, wasn't right? post
0: credit. Yeah, yeah. I, was, oh. I was trying to think about that one too. I was like, "Wait, that's not the one where him and Kate are on the or back on the farm, are they?" I thought no, it was i thought it was gonna be like sharon carter or something no then yeah that musical number no because technically that
2: could still be important to captain america 4 so i couldn't i couldn't say that i
1: guess important doesn't necessarily correlate to good exactly Exactly.
2: um because there's a lot of post-credit scenes in that list that i think are good like the patience one for spider man homecoming sure um anyway so that that's there there's other things of course um i have two articles from Atomic Geekdom actually I have three but I'll talk about the two first um the revisiting the Infinity Saga series put up two entries uh entry 43 and entry 44 43 was the secret avengers from the beginning of uh Avengers Avengers Infinity War uh you know that's when cap shows up and kicks the ass out of proximate midnight and that's pretty cool so
4: so good so good um
2: that one was real that was almost that hard for me because like I just I really just wanted to talk about something that I thought was cool um <laughs> And then, that. and then I did the uh, the post credit scene from um, Spider Man Far From Home, the one where Nick Fury is revealed to be a scroll. Nick Fury and mm. Hill. Uh-huh.
4: So
2: that's number forty two. Both of those are up there right now, um, as well as a Captain Kirk article uh, I wrote, basically just about the news that Captain Kirk was
3: coming to Strange New Worlds. Um, that went up, I think, two weeks ago. Isn't it funny, Brandon, how we had that conversation in my in my kitchen? And they're like, yeah. man, didn't they just like bring back all those old characters and make that like old school looking show? And that's yeah. kind of like what Brave New World just is becoming. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's why I'm I'm gonna watch that show. Yeah. It was very,
2: it was very funny that, that how the timing of that news. Yeah. Um there's also I've put the purchase link. I finally remember the purchase link to Kaiju Ramen. The physical copies are available now for issue five. I do have an article in that if you're interested in purchasing either the digital or the physical version. Um uh, i write about dawn of the monsters which is a video game it's a kind of exclusive look at that game so that's there I talked about it before then now we're on to you enough about me you have an article from go nintendo
0: yes i do um i want to say it was it was this was from last week so last week was the 19th anniversary of the release of the game boy Advance sp here in north america so I got to write about that, and it should be no secret. I've talked about it before. The GBASP is my favorite handheld ever made. So I wrote about how it, what, what improved upon the system, what didn't, what gamers today think are are some setbacks when it came out, and it was just a nice little look back on 19 years of the GBASP because that little system. I thought I had it right here next to me, but it's in my room. I lied. And yeah. this one, right,
3: the clamshell one. Yeah, the clamshell one. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good. It's a good one. <laughs>
2: Yep, you should pretend sorry. it was a tri-corner um <laughs> all right so that's your go nintendo article you also have four this is three you have four <laughs> um new episodes from Grayson live's youtube channel of super mario 3d world yep. uh episode 17 through 20 yep so
0: yep yep um one of those or actually, a lot of let's see what was I gonna go with this. Oh, yeah, Teen Tiny Boys. One of them we, we we beat the level as like the small Mario that if you get hit one more time, you're you lose a life. So, uh, yeah, Teen Tiny Boys was fun.
2: Uh, yeah, they're all fun. I, I, I've been catching up, I've been keeping up with that series. It's a good series, yeah, thank you. Um, and then on the channel, that's enough about us, it's enough blubbering about our personal lives. But this channel released two uh, two episodes Shit, that I'm on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fake Nerds Watch uh, finished Discovery. We did it, guys. We finally finished Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 13, Fake Nerds Watch. That is up now. I might not do Season 5. That was kind of a chore. (laughs) Uh, No, what you
1: do is you do a season discussion.
2: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I can get Mike to do Season 5. He really does not (laughs) like that show.
4: Yeah,
1: (laughs) but she got Cookie.
2: Cookie likes it. Yeah, he likes it. There was um ultimately like you know the the season ended on a on a on a on a good note they, they kind of they wrapped everything up as a, as I knew they would. Stacy Abrams is in the episode if you know who that guy, who that girl is. The politician.
1: The politician from Georgia.
2: Yeah. Uh she plays the president of United Earth well, in the cool. 32nd century. Um and then Nerds watch for Star Trek Picard episodes 4 and 5 went up today. So if you're watching this those are up now. Um uh, we caught up on the on the on the latest <clears throat> two episodes of Star Trek Picard. Hey guys, that show's really good. I'm really into that show. I'm glad uh, it, it, the the jump in quality between season one and season two is incredible, and I'm 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 so into it. And it's scary because I'm like it can still like jump off a cliff and be bad at any minute. So here's hoping it doesn't.
3: That's awesome. That's good.
2: So, that's all the links below. Check them out. We, we put a lot of work into a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. Um, uh, Yeah. Link below. Cool.
3: Who wants to go first of that week? I'll go because it's been mostly just Elden Ring. I've done some other stuff and I'll think, <laughs> I'll think about it now. I went to my comic book shop and I've caught up on mostly all my X-Men books. Uh, I'll start with... Ooh, sorry about the chair squeaks. I'll start with this book. Uh, this was the big event that was happening. It's x x lives and x deaths of wolverine uh this was a 10 issue weekly miniseries it is a kind of like it's not really but it's very it's a format the same way as hawks so those two there's two stories that intertwine as one this is not a hawks whatsoever y'all uh great art terrific art both the art um um there's two i got there because i want to give them both credit joshua Casara and federico vincentini uh they do the lives and deaths um Insanely good art, like still worth checking out for the art alone. It's a great, it's a great time travel story. Wolverine has to go back in time, Days of Future Past, the movie style, throughout all his different incarnations of his life from the eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, so many different uh, uh, time periods, to stop a parasitic Omega Red from uh, destroying history and destroying the X Men and destroying Charles Xavier and all this stuff, right? So it's like a Terminator story. There is a, there is a uh, phalanx Wolverine from the future trying to take out Wolverine in the past. So it's very Terminator-ish. It's really cool. It's just the story is super nonsensical. And I'm not sure kind of what the point was, to be honest. But it was, it was a really cool event. It was a very bombastic event. So I'm not too mad at it. But the real the real star here, y'all, and this is why you should be coming back to the X-Men immediately, is Immortal X-Men by Kieran Gillen and uh, Lucas Wernick. Uh, Kieran Gillen wrote the first X-Men book I ever wrote in a comic story. He wrote Uncanny X-Men 10 years ago. Uh and he's still whip smart as ever. We're actually doing a Karen Gillen book club this week, so it's, it coincides. Uh, y'all, this is just, Brandon, I swear to God, this is a book for you because it's West Wing X-Men. It is just the quiet council for this is a 48, this is a double-sized issue, just them talking shit with to each other and dealing with shit. And like after the event of Inferno, which were big and massive, which you guys were obviously gonna have to read because that's like the last big event that you guys haven't read yet. Some people have left. Some people are trying to come in, but it is so juicy. It's all from uh, Mr. Sinister's perspective who um, Kieran Gillen is a guy who relaunched Sinister as the campy, funny, spooky guy who then uh, Hickman, you know, doubled down on thankfully, instead of reverting him back to his cheesy lame eighties form. Uh, Insanely well-written. So fun. It is such a dense book, but like not in a way where it's too wordy. It's just like, it's so character driven and I love it so much. And I'm like, so glad that he's like, he is not the new Hickman, but he is kind of like being, he is like, Point as being like the new like head of x basically like his vision through immortal x-men is going to go through the books uh i have that
2: book i'm very excited to get to it i've also been collecting x lives and x deaths of wolverine i just haven't gotten to it yet yeah yeah um, i read it all in one sitting because yeah yeah i think i know the point and it was to take spoiler spoiler character yeah. off the table
3: Yes, that stuff. Uh, uh, this isn't a spoiler. Like, uh, uh, I don't. This is this isn't a spoiler either because it doesn't really do that. But Moira is a huge part of the book. Like, the ex mm-hmm. Deaths of Wolverine is the Moira book, and it's all about the ramifications after Inferno, which are very big. So I won't spoil that. But like, Moira is essentially, she's essentially a supervillain. Like, mm-hmm. like this is like months. This is months later. I can't not spoil it for something that happened like six months ago. At this point because, I, I uh, personally don't care. Yeah, like she she's, she's not the person she was. Inferno happened, and things have changed um that stuff's really cool but again like i don't know if like ben percy's a great writer but i just don't know if i wanted him to be the guy to take this direction with the character because yeah. it's it's really cool but like man like i don't know what you do now like it's, it's very interesting uh yeah. but that stuff's great but uh immortal x-men guys is like sensational just a terrific book i'm so excited like that will be the reason for me to go to the comic shop sparks like when i move like if anything i will just pick up that book uh, uh, just to make it easy or even just buy it digitally if I have to because <laughs> like uh, it is just so juicy and so it's like this is why I come to the X-Men like the good soap opera shit uh, that's also about like the grand stakes of the world because Araco is the like the center of the solar system now and Storm's the queen of the universe it's just cool shit I love it uh, besides that I'm 120 hours in Elden Ring like, <laughs> uh, I, there's nothing else I can say besides like that's some it, king it, shit it, right there it's a comfort game and like even though it is like it like you know uh, has difficulty but like i just love traveling in the world like it is like i spend hours literally just like roaming around because there's always something new to discover like truly like just i can't believe i'm still finding new stuff in places that i've like i've been a hundred times uh and it's just like and i love playing with you ben like it's so fun uh I, like i will play this game forever and they're gonna do dlc now that it's like one of the highest selling games of all time uh very good can't wait to play more forever
0: I just, one of the things that when we played, I want to say a few weeks ago, we were going through this one part in the Weeping Peninsula that Ryan's been there like 200 times by now. That place. I, I found the, this ruin. I found these ruins. And then Ryan's like, wait, where? And I tell him where it is. it goes on to his map. He's like, oh, I never found these. And we're going through, he's like, man, I've been playing this game for like 50 some or 70 some odd hours. And I haven't, and I haven't discovered this yet. Just goes to show you that this is the type of game where you need to, or you don't need to, but you can. Like, it's you're supposed to go off the beaten path, and like, you find the you find path. brand new stuff, you find new things. It's like, hey, there's something over there I could get to. It's like, oh my god, I can get to that.
3: Yeah, and like this, like there's I I tried to pick so many pictures today. What I want to pick for like audio listeners, I have a Elden Ring picture behind me. Like, there's so many great vistas, and there's so many cool buildings. They're like, man, is that building like big and like as like explorable as i think it is and like yeah it is yeah it's, it's very large also there's probably a dungeon that's probably twice as big as it and i'm like mm-hmm. like there's a place like you've been to storm stormvale castle sparks like i'm still discovering stuff in a dungeon like in a, the sewers below there and i'm like this is stupid this is stupid this is like <laughs> this is too much content almost like this is like we are being too well fed uh it's like i'm being spoiled like like I don't mind spending like like games that are going like, oh, to too expensive. Like this is why they're too expensive because there's so much stuff to do. I love it. I love it. Like I love it.
1: I I will give like uh, the input of uh, what I'm sure is coming in a very soon pause menu episode of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really hope they learn the right lessons from Elden Ring. It's not about having more time in the game. Yeah. It's about the value of that time.
3: Yeah.
4: Because mm-hmm. like that's because
1: just- that's my whole thing is like this game has been such a joy for me because I'm enjoying all of it. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm being forced into bullshit just to pad the time.
3: Yeah. Right. And it, um, it is one of the few open world experiences of late. That's like everything you do does have value because like, again, like every, even that kid, like, like the catacombs that we went to Ben or whatever, like it had an item that I might not use or, and the enemies were extremely low level. So I called him like one hit, but it's still a new experience Yeah, that I didn't, that I didn't have before and is just a constantly rewarding experience and i spent like i spent out of my 120 hours at least a dozen just helping other people beat bosses because that is again like fighting bosses are an experience into itself like learning seeing things that they've never done before because you've played them only once right like i love it i love this game so much
0: oh i guess so show i are you done with your week one and we can dovetail into mine Uh, because i've
3: I've watched two episodes of our flags mean death uh Show is so charming and like really emotional, stupid funny, like definitely Taika Waititi comedy. There's uh uh there's an there's a scene in episode two. It's very quick. A guy uh, a guy has a sword through his eyeball, right? And standing mm-hmm. next to the guy who stabbed him, and he's just standing next to him, and he just spits out blood. and He goes. <laughs> I yeah, I heard just, of that. the dumbest little stare, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because like,
4: just <laughs> going, blah, and he's like, look at him, you did this,
3: and I'm like, God damn it. It's so good. Uh, it's definitely got that like what we do in the shadows, like like Thor Ragnarok if you, that's the type of big thing vibe. Um, but also really emotional. Like, it's like it's that it's the best, it's the shit that I want. Like, it can be absurd and emotional at the same time. Like, don't be afraid to take those, take those punches. Uh, stupid comedy, love it. That's my
2: I want to talk about it in my week so I put, when I go. But uh, well, to bounce off what you just said, that's something that Taika does really well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Finding the human emotion in the absurdist comedy.
1: Yeah. Well, Brandon, why don't you do your week? Just go no, for it. No,
2: because Ben yeah. wanted to go. He already called dibs. It is Same a good way.
3: transition. It's a beautiful transition.
2: But Ben, you want to talk about Elton Ring? No, hey,
4: no.
3: You don't me. go last. Go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, fine. I'll... I will start my week by talking about our flag means death. Then, great. I watched all of it, awesome. Um, all ten episodes. The last episode, I think, only dropped maybe last Thursday, um, and I I caught up, but uh, this week.
3: I was shocked that it's only a half hour show. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. an hour long show, so I could see why you went through it so fast because I was like, oh, I, only, I just finished the first episode. Let's do another right now.
2: And it's so easy to binge it. It's it's I'm. I'm sad I didn't watch it weekly, but I'm happy I watched it. I I watched it as I did, Um, because you know what I do. I don't really binge a lot of things. I'll take a break here and then. But it is a very charming, very kind, very funny show. um, That's far more progressive than it needs. That has any right to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I won't tell you kind of the big reason why, but I'll tell you a small reason why. Um, So there's a character named Jim in the show. Um, that you find out pretty early that they are non-binary. Um, the actor that plays them is non-binary and the character is uh, meant to be non-binary, though they don't say it outright. Um, when they find out the, the, the character is not as they seem, um, they're like, so what do we call you? And they're like, oh, just, just call me Jim. I'm just Jim. Just call me Jim. And then from then on, they never, ever, ever misgender them. It's always they, them. And that is—it was so nice and refreshing. Yeah, and that
3: um, the trailers—I don't think they they give away how, like, how, like, what the show eventually becomes. Because after two episodes, I definitely can see where it's going. And especially after uh, Jim has a first confrontation with somebody finding out about them, Mm -hmm. Um, even the character who found is like, even I—I am hiding something myself. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a show about everyone has layers. And they and like everyone's hiding because it's the 1700s and they can't be who they want to be. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see where we're going. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really like, like abs- absurd, but really sweet. Like it's, it's something only that like New Zealand people, I guess, can do. I guess. It's I also
2: know. really pretty. Like it's yeah. de- it's definitely very digital because it was shot on a on a pirate ship in the middle of a, a stage during the it's pandemic. Definitely
1: low budget, <laughs> but it looks good.
2: It looks very good. Like there's there's a lot of good use of color. There's a lot of good use of that CG that they use for the water. Um, and Taika is very good as Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Um, he is very he's much more emotional than you would kind of think from Taika. Like you don't know like when you think about Taika Waititi, you think about this kind of like this quick witted, um, smart. Uh, uh, guy but you know but he's able to tap into an emotion within that absurdity like I talked about um, especially with Blackbeard um, and, and his role is far bigger than I thought it was supposed to be when I first saw the trailers he is a he is a he is a co-lead on that show
3: and it's interesting because the very first time that you that you see Blackbeard in the show he's like a monster yeah like his, his legend is so real that like he's literally depicted as a monster yeah uh, so it's that's cool that he's not that. It, I mean, it, it, he is that, but
2: he's not that. It's a, he is a monster, but like, there's a layer under that that he's yeah. like put on this. It's 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 so good. I was blown away by it. It has not been renewed for a season two as of yet, and it, it I'm sure it will be because it, I guess it's the highest stream show in the, in America right now. Mm-hmm. um HBO Max just killing it. Okay. um It's it's really good. I highly recommend. If anybody's got the time to watch it, super quick to binge. Um, really great it's it's really refreshing it's kind it's it's funny it's it's wholesome in a in a weird way um super emotional it's brilliant show is
3: is, is what it is it's really unique it's about Uh, about a person who's supposed to be a bad man trying not to be a bad man but becoming a bad man maybe
2: and about a a not a bad man wanting to be a bad man yeah yeah yeah. um steed uh reese darby was born to play steed steed bonnet
3: and it's so stupid because, like, again, this is a true story. Like, obviously, a lot of this is fictionalized, but like, Steve Bonnet was sorry. a real guy who left his family. He hung out with Blackbeard.
2: Do you know? Like, do you know the big spoiler about the show?
3: Uh, I, I, I Twitter's vaguely made it, made it aware. Okay, I, I don't want to
2: say for for Sparks of Ben, but yeah. um, there's a very good moment later in the series. Okay, that's that's our flag means death. It's brilliant. I love it. I'm so happy I watched it. Um. It's one, of those t- it's one of those shows where, you, where you're like, I need something to watch. And then you find that like something that like, oh, my God, I really want to watch this. And now you're just kind of just kind of trying to find that again.
3: Yeah, yeah I feel it. Yeah.
2: Um, I watched some other shows. so I'll, go, I'll keep going with the TV show. So I watched Young Rock and Mr. Mayor. Those both came back. Young Rock is still solid. Um, they're giving Dwayne like like present day Dwayne um, something to do, like as far as an emotional story arc, which was interesting. They didn't do that the first season um so that was cool although the the season end, the season it's really confusing because where we meet young so it's three timelines so where we meet young dewey is after is after the first season moment with young dewey where we meet middle dewey is before the first season where we see that character and then where we meet old older dewey that they call him dewey in the show um uh is after the first season, and then where we meet The Rock is just before the final episode of the last season. It's a little confusing.
1: Mm, I'll pass on that. Interesting
2: timeline. <laughs> so, I'm a little confused as to what they're doing, but it's still a funny show. It's a it's it's a good show. I like it. Um there's a Christmas special that is necessary viewing because it's ridiculous. Um Mr. Mayor is a funny show. I don't need to say anything about that. But I did watch Halo. Watch the first two episodes of Halo.
3: Alright, yes. And I don't know how I feel about it. That's that's the vibe from everyone, I see here. It's it's something. It it is
2: something. And I'm kind of bummed to say that because mm-hmm. I really wanted to I really wanted to root for it. And Cookie, who I do the fake nerds watch series for Picard with. Uh, he really liked it. And he was like, well, it's it's, it's Halo. I was like, yeah, it, it does look like Halo. <laughs> I don't know what's not working, though. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be so vain as to say, oh, it's because Master Chief spent the entire second episode without his helmet.
3: <sighs> they're definitely, as someone who hasn't watched it, but like from the creator interviews and people who who've watched it talked about it, it's like, they're doing their own thing here. You have to disregard the games as a fan. You have to come in like... They're using Halo as a template to do their own thing, and you have to live with that. Uh also it just might not just be a good show.
4: <laughs> and,
2: right. Like that's the thing. Like, I'm totally on board with them like reinterpreting Halo and blah blah blah. Like there, there's some design things that don't work in the design things that, that do work. Like I tweeted about it. I think the elites are a little too top-heavy for some reason. They're not as lean as they are in the games, but the the prophets look right out of the games. They look incredible. Um, and then they gave the covenant a human to work with that's going that's like the major antagonist for the series which I'm like why would you why because the
1: Decepticons
3: just need the help of Patrick Dempsey damn it you're right he's Patrick Dempsey it's true Shia LaBeouf has to fight a Patrick Dempsey
4: he's
3: Autobots have LaBeouf? a human
1: friend Decepticons need a human friend
3: that's fair hey that's that is fair
2: that's fair um, yeah I don't know what it is about it Um, I like the stuff that they're doing with Halsey to be fair um but the stuff they're doing with master chief i just i just don't think master chief was a character built for this emotionality
1: the thing is yeah. the thing is like it's not surprising that the halsey stuff is good because that's pretty much like the the gimme easy strong story lore stuff that's already mm-hmm. in halo she kidnaps like, children dude. that's where that's where the best part of halo's story is anyway yeah yeah so it's not like it's the nailing everything else around that is the challenge
2: they decided to do a Lone Wolf and Cub series, yes, heard. Um, which is fine. But if you're going to do that, then I think Master Chief needs to be like Dinjarin, which where he doesn't take his helmet off unless it's like vastly important.
1: Right? Wouldn't that be the point of having them there? Is so you have them to bounce the emotions off of?
3: Yeah, you think? I would think. I think like one, we need more time with the show to see like how how yeah, much so depth sure. they're trying to give Ch- Chief. But but also, I mean that. Like the games, like up until the new trilogy, which I think has faltered in in a little bit. Like it's worked some ways, but I think it's faltered. In, like mm. I don't think the chief is supposed to be this in depth character. Like he is he is yeah. like the savior. He's like Doom guy, but like a, like a more heroic version where he's not just about murder. Even though that's like right. Like like
1: I, I mean like honestly like the real answer is you know he's supposed to be player proxy.
3: But
4: yeah,
1: if you go past that, John is like military propaganda perfected. Yeah. And so like he has nothing else but the cause. Like like fighting for humans is all he is. And the only glimmer of anything he ever has beyond that is Cortana. Mm-hmm. That's why Cortana is so traumatizing and important is because that's the only thing he's ever connected to that isn't just being the hero.
3: Yeah. And it's not and even that a is pain. a
1: character. That is a character. Yeah. Like you don't need to Yeah. I Yeah,
2: I think that there's 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 so that what they're doing is in the first episode, I don't mind spoiling this, but in the first episode, John, John, ha, it, it he finds a forerunner artifact that unlocks that is trying to unlock his uh memories from before he was a Spartan, and wow. it, because it's supposed to get us away from Halsey, because like John is supposed to be the character that's like, hmm, maybe I'm not supposed to be the strongest military person, maybe I'm supposed to be against Halsey. Because no, why he took is it
3: my- why does the artifact?
2: okay so here's what i could gather so far
3: because that's a mass effect plot that's literally the first thing that happens in mass effect is you find an artifact that unlocks memories <laughs> so the, so
2: here so here's what i can gather so far it's a key it's a it's the key to the halo ring um oh, okay and it can only be activated by certain humans which is why the covenant are working with a human and which is why john can activate it no one else can do it
3: that's oh i initially don't hate that idea i, I don't either i do
2: It's just not. I was like, it's it's eight episodes. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come together. I hope. But right now, I'm a little.
1: You know what? mm, To mm. me, it sounds like is that that should have been the story for season two. Like you get season one of Propaganda, John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in season two, he gets the thing that's going to be like, yo, do you want to know who you really are as a person? Do you want to remember? And like that changes everything about that. But like starting there. Cause that way you please everybody. Like you get all the gamer fans in. Like they got it. They got the John they wanted. And then it's like, what if we dig, pull back the layers of John and actually pull him out of his shell? Yeah.
2: yeah. There's some good. There's some good stuff with Bokine Woodbine. Some really bad prosthetic work on his arm, though. Um, but it, it I'll give it the whole season. I'm, I'm sure. not against it. It's just something's not. It's like a gear that's not quite clicked into place yet. So we yeah, got know. a season two. So. It does. <laughs> Maybe they should have waited. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, that's all the shows I watched. So I watched a couple of the Oscar films. Um, I'm gonna kind of lump together. I watched Don't Look Up, Power of the Dog, Coda, and King Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, Coda is great. I believe it deserved that win. I did not watch all the Oscar films, so I probably shouldn't say that. But I really loved Coda. Um, uh, the best. He also the the dad in that in that movie won Best Actor supporting actor um awesome he's great he's also in the mandalorian which i just found out he's a tuscan raider
3: yes oh that's cool
2: yeah um so he that helped, was
1: he helped the team develop the tuscan raider sign language yeah Ooh. and he is the first tuscan raider we see in mandalorian that does the sign language
4: right
2: yeah uh he's great the movie's great i really loved it um i watch uh, the power of the dog not for me, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I think there is something there for, for people. Um
3: is I'm it really I do not think I'm one of best directing over Denny Veldu not even getting nominated. I don't think so. That's what I no, I knew the answer. I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> but it is
2: pretty <laughs> cool that she is the third woman to win that award in, in history.
3: I don't wanna I don't want to discourage that. It's cool.
2: So um I I you know yeah. who
3: hates it? Sam Elliott.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um it's weird because like he could have been in that movie and it would have been with the same movie. One. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is great in it. It's a weird movie though. King Richard. I really liked it. Um, solid movie. I think Will Smith's great. Um, I personally think he deserved the win. Uh, not much I can say about that one. Cause it's kind of a weird biopic. Cause it still wants to be about Serena and, and, and what's her Venus. name? Venus. 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 I almost said Vegeta.
1: <laughs> that was, that was my favorite <laughs> joke at the Oscars was when they made the comment about like Serena and Venus Williams got to make a biopic about their lives and it's all about their dad. And I'm like,
4: yep. Well,
2: you know, (laughs) and like, I get that, like Ryan, you told me that it was um, like, they wanted to make a biopic about their dad because of how important their dad was. Yeah, They helped make the movie. Yeah. 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 That's
1: so awesome. It really is. It's just very funny in the context.
4: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think the filmmakers still want it. Like someone, someone said, Well, it's still gotta be about you guys. It can't just be about King Richard. So like there's something something lost there. But Will Smith's great in it. Um Don't Look Up is a very angry movie. Uh and I think that and I I'm I'm sure you get I'm sure plenty of people have seen the discourse about it online, all of which I probably agree with. I share a lot of the same anger that um oh, director Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, I personally share a lot of the anger that Adam McKay feels towards what what the movie's about, um, and it's it's very anxiety inducing for me because I constantly think about the end of the world. It's part of my anxiety diagnosis. I just like I'm always thinking about like what if I die now? Um, <laughs> it's horrible, but um, you know, it, it, take with take with it what it, what you will. I don't I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's if you're as angry as Adam McKay is, you're probably going to get something out of it. Then if you're not, yeah.
3: It's definitely one of those where, we're like, oh, yeah, liberals can make bad shit too sometimes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah.
2: Um, I watched The Lost City, which is the Sandra that, Bullock. That came out? Yeah, it came out this weekend. Last I went week. to see that instead of Morbius. <laughs> last, <laughs> weekend. It came out last weekend. <laughs> last weekend. Last
3: weekend.
2: Yeah, came out on Friday.
1: March 25th.
2: Really? Uh, well, I saw it. Because yeah, Morbius just came out. It could have come out the same time as Morbius.
1: You no, know, it came out. It came out March twenty fifth.
2: Right, anyway, how's Brad Pitt? He's in it
3: exactly as long as I thought he would be. Um, Damn it. <laughs> I it. I honestly, I knew it. I just thought I was wrong.
2: Yeah, Shania Tatum's fun. Uh, Sandra Bullock's great. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe should play a villain more often. I think he's so much. She's so much fun as a villain.
3: I kind of um, just want to Daniel,
1: Radcliffe should...
0: Daniel Radcliffe as
1: a bad guy. Daniel Radcliffe should play whatever he wants, whenever he wants.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He's very good. I really like him. It's a fun movie. Like if you want to just go see a a fun adventure comedy, it's yeah. Go see it. I do. And then I watched the one. I'm getting ready for everything everywhere all at once. So I watched the other multiverse movie. The one Jet Li is the one
3: Jet Li with braids. Mm. Crazy
2: movie. Mm
3: -hmm. He grabs a Uh, motorcycle, slams a dude. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, it's got Jason Statham with hair and that might be the craziest thing in the movie.
3: Uh, Hmm. It's that movie's now just old enough it's like wow he did have hair once yeah once i'm yeah. not convinced i'm not convinced that's not a toupee it's like Shh.
1: you could do the same thing in italian job
2: that's true um i i had a lot of fun with it it's a really stupid movie but i really <laughs> like how how it commits to its really dumb premise Mm-hmm. um it's it's willing to have jason statham say with absolute certainty the only way we can travel between multiverses because we can predict the the destruction of a
0: star that creates a black hole cool logical Man, I, i'm into that
1: i need to watch that movie again
0: good <laughs> um, i've never seen that movie so i have no idea what's
2: going on it's pretty cool well see do you know what about do you know about it ben? nope okay so it is it is gently Going through the multiverse, Ben.
1: ben it's Jetly doing Highlander on himself across all the multiverse.
2: Okay, he
3: hasn't seen Highlander. Yeah, I haven't.
1: Jet, ben, there can only Ben, there can only be one, and the one that's left over is the most powerful. Every okay.
3: time he kills a version of himself he gets more powerful until gotcha. he's the one. So like God. So like there's enough there's only enough energy in the
2: in the multiverse for one for like everyone to kind of have it and be a normal person, but if you kill that person, that energy is dispersed throughout the other versions of the multiverse until you become the one.
1: Honestly, a pretty bold story pitch for the time period that movie was released in.
2: Yeah, really it was. 2001 or whatever, yeah. Um it's a good time. I'm really excited for everything everywhere though. Yeah, me too. Um comics. I read Moon Knight by Bendis and Malieve. I read only three issues. I think that book is really cool. That really is it the more.
3: one where he's in LA making a movie about his life. <laughs> yep. God, comics are great. I love that.
2: <laughs> and he he is hallucinating instead of other versions of himself, he's hallucinating Spider Man Wolverine and Captain America.
3: Three oh different God. Like, their personas awesome. are like so Spider Man's quip and Captain America's like, "Don't do that, young man." Like, <laughs> dude, got that book rules.
2: And he he will dress up. So he's like, so Spider Man convinces him to go down to a thing where Echo is, and he and Spider Man's like, well, "Let me do it." I'm uh, they don't know me. Like I can do this. And so it's it's Mark Specter dressed up as Moon Knight with technology that mimics the web the web shooting and then like and then while he while spider-man is losing wolverine is talking to 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 spider-man no let me take over let me do it let me do this let me go in and then like the the machine like creates the claws and then becomes wolverine it's really dumb it's like i like it it's
3: this this book is really contentious in like the moon knight community contentious quote-unquote i think i think it's awesome uh it it doesn't line up with his normal did stuff it's like why would he be why would he be personifying these other heroes instead of just uh, like people, you know, that I don't care about the stuff. It's comic books. I can get over it. It's silly. Great fun. I love
4: it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot so far. Uh, Alex believes art is so good. I always oh, yeah. really, really big fan of his. Um, last time I talked about, I read a lot of radiant black. I read like, I think eight issues. Um, this time I finished it all. I've read all of radiant black. All of Radiant Red, all of Rogue Sun, and that's it. Um, as well as their big crossover, Supermassive.
3: Yay! It's a lot. Um, Love it. Happy college
2: Oh, so good, you guys. Uh, Supermassive is a lot of fun. It's written by the three people who who are writing Rogue Sun, Radiant Black, and and Infernal Girl Red, which is not out yet. Um, so it's like the first appearance of Rogue Sun and Infernal Girl Red, and Rogue Sun bounces off into his own book, and Ra- Infernal Girl Red will bounce off into her book when that's released at the end of the year. Um, that was a really cool out there fun, big bombastic uh, like they called it like this is our Avengers movie, but as a comic book and it totally felt that way. It was really great. Um, I really like that universe. I really like that. I really like radiant red, radiant black and the and Rogue Sun I, I did the interview with um, Ryan Parrott um, who wrote that. Awesome stuff. really love it.
0: That's all I got.
1: All right. Benjamin, we made you wait yep. long
0: enough. Go ahead. <laughs> so I want to talk about the thing that I wasn't a big fan of that I did the, these past two weeks, and that was me going to see Morbius.
4: <laughs>
0: Dr. Michael the, Morbius. I'm going to get some I'm get the veggies out of the way first. Uh, yeah, so... <sighs> it's bad. Uh, wait, real quickly, Ben. Of
2: all the people... Who said they were going to go, who said they were not go or were, I did
3: not expect you to come on the show and be like, I saw Morbius. I honestly thought it would be Ryan. Well, I text I even real quick, but I even texted Ben like because I saw I was like, let me know when you're gonna go. And if I if I'm feeling up to it, I'm gonna join you. And he texted me and I'm like, nah, Elden Ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ryan messaged me. He was like, yo, let's play Elden Ring. I'm like, I am like, sure, but just heads up, I'm gonna go have a dinner date with Fanny and she wants to go see Morbius, so we're gonna do that. And then he was like, you're going to see Morbius. And we were like, actually kind of hoping you were going to come with us to share in our misery. I even go up to the movie theater because, you know, that Imagine Dragon song, Misery. Yeah. So that plays on the radio in a weird foreshadowing event. And I go to buy my ticket and I legit look at the person selling my ticket. He's like, hi, I like two tickets for Misery. I mean, Morbius. Every single one in the ticket booth started laughing.
4: That's
3: amazing. You're in the business of Misery.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> someone called Paramore uh yeah so the movie hello paramore
2: have
4: <laughs> i
0: got some... it's me
2: your cousin michael paramore <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so i think the movie's bad but i don't think it's as it's as bad as everyone is claiming it to be i mean i i don't want to go see it again to be perfectly honest there's a lot of story stuff that's like that's super you can tell what's going to happen 20 you get like oh that guy's gonna be the bad guy someone's going to die that person's also going to die and a lot of the things i have problems with is that you know those like shots where it's like super fast paced so you can't see anything and then it's all slow-mo so you finally get a clear picture of what's going on they do a lot of that where it's like all it's like a, i'll jump slowmo dribble jump, jump, slow-mo i'll jump slow-mo again yeah that was pretty big in the mid-2000s actually yeah it was and it was venom venom one yeah Yeah, and
3: there was a lot of that, and it was just not good. How's Matt Smith, though? I hear he dances multiple times. He does. Multiple times? Wow. He does dance in that
0: movie. He does dance in that movie multiple times, and just his whole motivation is, I mean, I get... All right, so Matt Smith's character and and Jared Leto's character, they're best friends. They both have the same rare blood disease, and they're both going to die. And, of course, Michael... And then they both become (laughs) Morbius. Yes. He's
3: his Nora Freeze.
0: Yeah, and of course, like uh, Jared Leto, Morbius is all like, "Yo, this is a curse. I can't do this." And it's and he's like, "Yo, we can live. We can do whatever the f we want. Let's do let do some crazy shit." And it's just like, and his whole thing is like, "I'm trying to make Michael accept who we are." And then he he and then Michael like, ah, uh, it's just no. <laughs> can shit, I can I'm I done. share
2: with you a funny that I saw on that I saw on Twitter? <laughs> I do love a funny.
0: Um, so Ben,
2: I saw this tweet. The best part of Morbius was when he said, "It's Morbin time," and morbed all over those guys. <laughs> Morbin time, and morbed all over those guys.
1: I just gave <laughs> him hand just, suckers. I just took a look, and it's had a so-so thirty-nine million domestic opening weekend.
3: I think that's pretty good for Morbius. No,
1: I know it's been called so-so by like wider things. No, or... yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's better than I
1: it's, expected. Better it's so-so by Sony's expectations, I think. Yeah, it's still still more than I thought it was going to make.
0: <laughs> yeah, Um I think the funniest <laughs> meme about Morbius I saw is that someone broke into someone's car because they saw two Morbius tickets in the front seat, and they left six more. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, someone broke into my car, They saw I had Morbius tickets in the front seat, and they added four more!
1: <laughs> Won't be getting oh, yeah. my money, friends.
0: Won't yeah, be getting my so, money. Yeah, so... Uh, Outside of Morbius, I did do fun stuff that did not make me go, I could be sitting at home playing Elden Ring right now. So, obviously, I played Elden Ring, and we talked a little bit about that, and one of the things I was going to try and bounce off of Ryan earlier, of how great Elden Ring is and how you can easily miss stuff... Is that there's a? I was playing co-op. I was helping this other person through a dungeon, and I was trying to remember where a illusionary wall was because you go in, you beat this like pretty tough enemy in one part, in one part of the dungeon. You go in, you see a treasure chest, but there's an enemy on an alcove that's shooting at you from above. From above, and you can't really get to him. So, I was trying to find this, and of course, he's the, the host, the the dude whose game I'm in. He has all the control. He's technically can be like go fight the boss before I find it. And I was able to, they're like, hey, I was able to communicate. I was like, hey, come over here. And we found the illusionary wall. He got the item. And I was like, man, this is just so good. Because I have been there through that dungeon before. I know where it was. I knew where it was. And it just felt so good. And it felt really good to just go in and just, like, wreck the boss and see him, like, doing an emote of, like, a thank you or, like, the, like, pounding his chest. It's, that game was just so fun. And I even finally got to play with my brother for a little bit. the The same brother who got me into Dark Souls. I was able to help him through bits of uh, Lake Lunaria. and it was such a great uh, shift because when I played Dark Souls and Bloodborne, he was showing me through the games. Now with Elden Ring, I was showing him through the games. Like, oh, let's go to this dungeon. Let's go over here. Oh shit! When I last left you, I was the learner. Now I am the master. I literally. I sent was him eating, that but I was gift. thinking it. <laughs> I literally sent him that gif when we finally picked a day to play. What's his real quick? What's what's he rocking? What's his build? he's rocking um a spell sword Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's doing he's doing magic i think he he, it's his build is a more of a dex uh spell build i think i could be wrong throwing shit yeah but yeah he's been like he's been rocking that so yeah Elden ring is great we all know it's great and there's probably just gonna be an episode of base market me just devoted completely to elder ring because if i know we put that in our quarterly we're just going to talk about that for four hours straight i'm gonna
3: (laughs) force myself to play one other game so i have something else to talk about that's not elden Ring. yeah lego star wars comes out on tuesday that's true
0: but i also did get another game this past week that is not obviously it's not elden Ring, but it's kirby and the forgotten land and i was
1: doing the kirby inhale for you. I know I tried doing that Mouthful to mode since...
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was doing that to
1: Fanny. Once all of a since... sudden,
2: like I go like Jumanji and start being like stretched into the, <laughs> <to> the computer.
0: <laughs> so Kirby in the Forgotten Land is fantastic. It is a great as much as, as gorgeous and as great as Elden Ring is. Kirby is that game where you go to just get away from all this the sadness and the depression, and you finish a you finish a side quest and find out the person you're helping is dead because that happens a lot in Elden Ring. Doesn't Kirby take place in a post-apocalyptic world, Ben? Technically, yes, but we don't know what happened in that post-apocalyptic world. Ben, Uh, it's in the name, post-apocalyptic. Apocalypses aren't good, Ben. Uh, Anyways, the game's colorful. The game's fun. It's really fun to go and explore. There's secrets all over the place, and it's just... Man, it's it's a fun time. It's a fun game. Great co-op. I mean... I will say that if you're playing with a player 2 unfortunately um it's definitely in like the the mindset of okay I'm playing with like a younger sibling so I'm going to give them the controller and their player 2 character doesn't really do much they're essentially there just to like to take care of whatever you're trying to do or they're just like death fodder kind of baby mode yeah, but it's still a fun game to play with people because you they might see something you missed, especially when you're, when you're trying to find a bunch of secrets in the levels because there's like little secret passageways that lead to more treasure and more little wild D's you need to go save that you didn't catch the first time.
2: Uh, ben, real quickly,
0: yep. Mag, our good friend of Mag,
2: Hey is Mag. in the chat. Hello, sir. Um, what, but did you do some, Ben, I'm doing it. Oh, okay, fine. He says won't be here long on break for work at a concert. Well, we're happy to have you for as ever long you can be here, sir. Have
0: a good mm-hmm. shift. Yeah. What what show is it, too? I'm curious. Dragon Force. I
1: Continue with your week, Ben.
0: Yeah. Imagine Dragon Force. Yeah. So, outside of yeah, so outside of Elden Ring, I've also been playing a little bit of Kirby, and Kirby's fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad I got it, and it's it's a nice uh, little breather from, like, the intensity of Elden Ring. Sure. Yeah. And, let's see, what else did I do this week? I did a lot of working, trying to sleep, not sleeping very well, and I I do have an update on when my first ever published uh, article in a magazine should be coming in, like, this week or next week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. That'll be linked below when it's available. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I sent my invoice to the guy who um, does, like, who does, who does the payment or anything and it feels really it feels good. I don't I don't know why. I don't I felt weird sending him that an reminds invoice thing time I need, It was just like reminds me, I need to send
2: you an invoice for that win. Oh shush. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, Ben,
0: anything else? Uh no, that's pretty much it. Sparkles?
4: Mm.
1: Sorry, my bad. Um I am ready to go. I will breeze through a chunk of this because it's going to be easy. Um so I watched up the first episode of Arcane because Megan finally started watching Arcane. Arcane's great. Nobody's surprised. but but da Uh I also watched Birds of Prey. Great movie. Moving on. I watched it <laughs> again. Uh, I watched Luca. Great movie. Moving on. I watched <laughs> the Batman. Guys. Great movie. <laughs> really?
2: I
3: I haven't seen it yet.
1: So good. So i I've, I've wanted
3: I've seen it three ice. I've wanted to see it fourths, but I, I just three hours man Uh,
1: this was the first time i got to see it uh again and i'm uh i was so happy what what a joy um got to take my mom some and jeremy and pepper uh we all had a great time love the batman um now i'm gonna slow it down a little bit i uh started watching jujutsu kaisen because i'd left off at the halfway point of the season and i started watching again i'm nearly done um Really glad that I left when I did, because, like, it's a good break point when you come back in. Um, the first, like, four or five episodes that you come back in on, you have to binge. Like, it would be a pain in the ass to do it weekly. So I'm, I step, I stepped out at the right moment. Um, I came back to Jujutsu Kaisen because I finished Mobile Suit Gundam. It's oh. done. I did it. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam is great. Those last five episodes are rushing to get all the story in. <laughs> good lord it's like they found out that they were ending and they were like oh my god we just gotta where where we were episodic and kind of taking our time before we just gotta slam the story into here um so many people die uh (laughs) great great ending honestly like really loved it uh so excited to do more at this point when i go back to gundam i'm gonna go backwards i'm gonna go to gundam the origin which came out decades later, but uh, is the prequel to Mobile Suit Gundam, and I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to, when I finish that, revisit Mobile Suit Gundam, but through the theatrical films. Nice. Um, really excited for that. Very happy I've dived into Gundam this hard. Uh, really enjoyed it. I also finished the season of Legends of Tomorrow, and I will tell you guys, I thought Booster Gold would only show up at the, like, the last few minutes as like a tease for the next season. I was wrong. Booster Gold is the main focus character for the final episode of legends of tomorrow's latest season and Donald Faison's the reason he's there his presence his inclusion his charisma man guys <laughs> I really hope legends gets renewed because I want more of it yeah, um, it's
2: not been renewed
1: it has not yet been renewed but it also hasn't been canceled so I'm'm I'm really hoping I'm hoping they get one more season out um he's he it's worth it anyway because it's just a good show. But he's given me, like, new reason to, like, oh, my God, I, I need more. It's, it's funny because, like, the episode before that, they do a, they do a, there's a, the villain is kind of making the Legends see what life would be like if they retired. Mm. And so you kind of get that window into, like, what their futures would be like if they stopped being Legends right here. And I was like, you know what? It's been a really good run. If we stopped here, I'm cool and then Booster showed up, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm not done. I am not ready to be done.
2: I'm not saw, ready at all. I saw the golf scene that he does.
1: Yes. online. Uh, yeah, so I, I wasn't crazy about his outfit when I was seeing pictures, and now I understand that there's co- a contextual reason why he's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's what's called, oh, I meant to tell you this too. Uh, he's what's called a fixer. This idea is introduced earlier, uh, a few episodes earlier in the season, with one of the coolest time travel concepts I've ever heard of, which is that, um, so there's fixed points. We all know about fixed points in time travel stories. But um, they try to go back to the fixed point of what starts World War One. And when they go there, they actually end up at a bar called the Fixed Point, which is full of time travelers who basically get there, they get their number, and they watch other time travelers from all across reality trying to stop World War One and getting final destination as they try because the universe will not allow you to stop a fixed point.
2: That's awesome
1: it's incredible it's so good and so you, you get like a bit because at this point in time Sarah Lance has immortality for reasons and so she ends up going in trying to stop World War One and constantly like finding the way to get through and like get further than anybody has and then getting killed and getting killed and getting killed well um, all fixed points have been established with uh, like, like the authority of time travel they've been established with a fixer World War I's fixer was Eobard Thon the version from The Mask of Zorro, the one who got caught by Time Race, his punishment was being the fixer at World War I. Uh, Really Whoa. good. Booster Gold has is also being punished. He is also a fixer. That's why he comes in, and that's why he's playing golf, because he's stuck in that moment in time, just having to stop anybody from changing the fixed point.
2: Oh, interesting. So, so being good. a fixer is a punishment.
1: It's a punishment for like breaking time laws.
2: Interesting. That's cool. You, like, you are trapped are a in a hard. moment
1: in time forever just having to stop other time travelers from changing a fixed point in time.
2: Man, I really need to watch this show.
1: Uh, incredible. Very happy for Legends of Tomorrow. What a thing. Uh, the other thing that happened, Dragon Ball Super had its new chapter come out. I'm only going to briefly talk about it because maybe one of the most incredible panels in a Dragon Ball manga I've ever seen happened, which is that... Vegeta fixes Bardock's scouter that they find left over on the planet from when he was there. And they hear the audio recording from the battle that he fought on that planet. And when Goku hears Bardock's voice specifically say, stay safe, Goku, we go closer and closer into Goku's eyeballs. He's like shocked for a moment. And we see in his eye the reflection of Bardock and his mom in this pod telling him to stay safe before he went to Earth. Oof. And that's the cliffhanger we leave out on that chapter because Goku's getting his Saiyan memories back.
2: Wild! I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out for the rest of the wild. Um, the rest of the episode, okay, guys?
1: I was very Same. emotional about it. I I, I loved it. Um, just a couple other things. I went to Avengers Campus. I had the opportunity to actually go to the parks because uh, my fiance was there, so I went um, and spent a little bit of time there. This did mean I get to, got to check out the new Spider Man ride. It is exhausting. Yep. <laughs> uh, just, it. just throwing your arms out like crazy. Holy crap!
0: Yeah, you thought midway mania was bad. This is worse.
1: <laughs> Way like I. I mean, I like it more to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like, oh man, exhausting.
0: Oh no, uh, yeah, that's Spider Man right? I, I. It felt and when I went, I was going to the gym on a regular basis, and I, after I left that ride, I was exhausted. I was like, can we just go home now?
1: Um. I watched Moon Knight. Uh, I won't say a lot about it. You can hear these three wonderful gentlemen talk about it on an upcoming episode of Fake Nerds Watch. I was not part of it, but I'll, I'll get around to sharing some thoughts on it. I liked it. Um, and the last thing, on my drive here, I listened to Before the Batman, which is the novel that takes place before the Batman film. And I don't want to say a lot about it. Um, I think it does incredible stuff with Bruce Wayne. Maybe maybe cheapens a little bit Riddler's origin, I'll say. Um, no, I... Because they do Riddler backstory stuff. And I'm like, this is kind of generic. Mm. Um, but the Bruce Wayne stuff that I want to tell you about is that When he's 17, which is where most of the book is focused, he comes back from boarding school and he's got to spend the summer back with Alfred. He doesn't want anything to do with Wayne Enterprises. He basically wants to run away from that life. And that is metaphorically translating into something inside of him. And he's basically in what will become the Batcave and the Batman. And he's souping up a car because it's something that he's really passionate about, he likes focusing on. And he realizes he cares about so much, he thinks he wants to be a racer. So he goes to the racetrack and he asks if he can be a racer, but he's too young because he's 17. So he ends up street racing in Gotham. And he meets a girl who's very much like a, his first brush with a lady who's going to be like Catwoman. And it's really good stuff. It's really good for like where Bruce's mind was. Like what he felt. He got this rush from being part of the racing stuff. Yeah, Ryan.
3: Is her name Silver St. Cloud?
1: No, it's, um, <laughs> uh, it's Starling, Dorothy Starling.
3: That's a good name. It's uh-huh. a good name.
1: Okay. Uh, and so uh, it's it's him, like, impassioned by this racing thing. But uh, on one of the nights when he's street racing, the girl he likes, um, her car blows. And uh, he has to actually, like, break in and get her out before it explodes. And that feeling feels even better than racing. And that's the feeling he ends up deciding to chase. Helping people, and that's what leads him to the path of becoming Batman. Oh, it's, it's so, like it's like really a... good. I really like this. Like, I was going to be a racer, and like the the way that he's connected to his car that that's such a a strong point of who he is to begin with at that age. I thought was really cool. It's a really great avenue for like this Bruce Wayne, what he was passionate about, how he ended up. Um, they do this thing where, uh, after that he focuses on, he does end up going to college, but he basically keeps constantly switching colleges cause he can with his money. He, anytime he gets interested in a course, he finds the best teacher in that course and goes and takes their course. And then he leaves the college and goes to another and does that. And that's why he gets so well-versed in all this forensics and everything that he does. Cool. So I love it. Pretty cool. I'm, pretty cool. Looking, it's an, you know, it's it. not too long. It's real good. Um, That's my week, guys. We got a lot to do, so let's uh let's get into it.
2: All right, so we go move into our bread and butter then.
1: Okay, so let's
2: move into some sad news real quick. Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters. This hurt. This hurt. Passed away at the age of fifty.
1: Man, this is so wild that this happened so soon after that film came out. Just, it just feels weird. It's just sucky. Yeah
3: has it been Has it been announced what happened?
0: Yep. I mean people I didn't um, say it. um the the I want to say that the parts of the toxicology report 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 have been released saying that there was quite a bit of um psycho hallucinogens in his system along uh. with a bunch of marijuana but that oh, they didn't say, they didn't say that was the cause of his death but at the same time he was 50 years old he was the drummer of one of the most famous bands in the world right now and he was and he yeah he was um dave's best friend like there were two mm-hmm. bros who just who created the foo fighters like when you say foo fighters it's not just dave Grohl; it's dave and taylor sure
4: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah i mean wow. it, it, it just it hurts because 50
2: 50 yeah. is far too young
0: man. Oh, Yeah, yeah he's way too young i was i got lucky enough to see him way back in in fall of 2009 uh, friend of the show grayson he's a diehard foo fighters fan he got to see him on the broken leg tour when dave Grohl broke his leg and he still did a tour oh
3: what a guy that's
0: amazing yeah and i also i remember watching this was there's a vh1 special with um they're honoring queen judas priest and kiss they don't do it anymore but it was like this rock honors thing and the foo fighters went on stage first and they talked about how queen was so inspirational but they focused mostly on taylor because for taylor Queen was the first band he ever saw live. Kind of like how for me, Van Halen was the first band I saw, and that was just like the tipping point for him. Is like I want to do that, and he became one of the best drummers ever.
4: Yeah,
2: that sucks.
0: Yeah, terrible loss. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then Estelle Harris passed away today. Um, if you don't know her right off the bat, I'm sure you've heard her voice. She's Mrs. Potato Head, in Toy Story.
3: Aww. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Um, she is also um. George Costanza's, George Costanza's mother in oh, Seinfeld.
3: No, still. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a bummer.
2: She passed away at the age of 93.
3: That's a legacy right there. That that's, is. You know, long, that's an age. Long life, but still sad. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is not a person who's passed away, but I wanted to give this its due. Sure. Uh, Bruce Willis has announced that he is retiring from acting. Um, he says that he's been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a language disorder.
1: This also importantly, like recolors. You know, we we've, we've made no short of it on trailers that have come up of his uh, straight to DVD films. Like it, this has recontextualized the work he's been doing for the past few years. Yes, uh, it, it's it's a real shame.
2: Yeah, we we. It was always kind of an open secret that there was something uh, like wrong with him. Like that he was yeah. he was sick with something, or he was or he was getting sick with something. But it, it's it's interesting that this has now been. You know, it's it's now been confirmed. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sick. I'm going to retire from acting. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of wish he had went out on a stronger lineup
3: of movies. So, but he's a legend. Th- I, this is not me disparaging Bruce Willis whatsoever. Um, y- y- You can still try
4: if you <laughs> want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not
3: disparaging his sickness whatsoever. There's... There's lots of people who who are in Hollywood who go in through stuff. They still want to try. Uh, he, he,
2: yeah, we we found. We I'm found not trying it, to like,
3: mean, but like he's made no, a lot of bad movies. Like he chose to make those movies to be in those movies for five minutes to make a million dollars a minute. Like the, I'm yeah, not well, like it sucks for him that he's sick. I'm not. Nicholas
2: Cage said that he did a you know Nicholas Cage did a bunch of these type of movies and he recently said that he never found his performance in and yeah. it shows.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. I I feel bad for Bruce Willis going through this, but I'm not gonna stop feeling bad because he chose to still make bad movies you know oh yeah i, I don't yeah. want to be like a dick you know what i mean like yeah. no i get you I, I i it is it is unfortunate <laughs> he's going through this that's a bummer i, no, I mean it's on a higher note as well it's the same thing
2: it's the same thing that i said you know it's, it's it, it for someone with his quality of film and it, is, it cannot be denied. Die Hard is one of the greatest movies of all time. Bro, in the eighties mm.
3: and nineties, he was like the guy. He's yeah. such charisma. Like, I I want him to be a movie star so bad.
2: And it, it's 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 a uh, with that kind of legacy. I I, I wish that he would just gone out stronger. You know, yeah. it's a it's it's a shame that his past few movies are 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 what they are. But you know, it, it, as Bark said, it does recontextualize a lot of his decisions. Absolutely, yeah. Mm.
4: It sucks. I yeah, man.
2: Hope he. I hope he still continues to live a long life.
4: Yeah.
2: All right. Uh let's move on to some I don't think we'll take very long in this section. There is an it prequel coming to HBO Max called Welcome to Dairy. <sighs> All right, moving on. <laughs>
1: I,
3: I have I don't really want it. Yeah. Especially after like really liking that first movie and then not particularly liking that second movie, I don't need to go back into like not history that has not been written yet. Like, they just want to revisit a well that's that's they want to keep like digging further in. Uh, I that's I'd rather you just try something else instead of go deeper into a, the same territory, but whatever. with
2: all the with all the Stephen King books that haven't
3: been adapted, why do this? That's right. what that's yeah. Yeah, I, I guess those movies made that much money, I guess. I don't
0: know. I, I guess, but I I don't want to see any more creepy clowns anymore.
3: It probably won't but be I a clown. Do. I like cl- I just like I just I don't think a prequel to it is where I need to see it.
2: Now, is this going to be about the guy that Bill scars that, that Pennywise takes over? Right? Because in the second film, it's implied that he took over a real face.
3: Is this about this guy? I want to say it, it's I want to say it takes place in like in a random like time period that's not associated with that I think I read like when it's have they said when it's say you place have they not they just said prequel okay I could have swore maybe it was like someone doing their own ideas like it was just it was gonna take place in like the 20s or something like I don't know
2: like well they did say that it's going to develop it's going to discuss the origin of the 27 year curse
3: okay yeah uh so. I I'm honestly not interested I'm
2: good She'll need it <laughs> yeah don't want um it. Sparks, this will take very. This won't take very long. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin is nearing a deal to return to the Teen Wolf movie.
1: Yay! Good for Tyler Hawklin. Hawklin. Get, get that
2: money. Uh, Christina Ricci has been cast in the Tim Burton Wednesday TV series Yay! for Netflix.
1: Yay! It was it. It needed to happen. I'm happy about it.
3: I'm so excited for that show. That 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 girl playing Wednesday, Jenna Ortega, she's yes. like blowing up right now, she's so good. She uh, is so good. And Tim Burton's like do like this, like this has everything to be like Tim Burton's big, like, yo man, I still got my shit. I still I can still do this. Like I I'm I am praying this is really good. Jenna Ortega, where where
4: do I She's, know? So she's the the, the, the young cream. girl thing?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's also in the new movie X, which I really, really want to see. I hear it's excellent. She's
1: also in the second season of You. Ooh.
3: Very cool. Ooh. Um Yeah, she's great in Scream. Yeah, so- she's like really emotive. Like she's a she's a great actor.
2: I kind of, who's the girl who played Dora the Explorer? Um, anyway, look that the up. Girl later.
3: from Transformers.
2: Yeah, the girl from Transformers Five.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't know. Fallout, the TV series, is coming to Amazon Prime, has cast its lead in Ella Par- Ella Purnell. Now, if you don't know that name right off the bat, uh, Sparks and I will recognize her from Arcane. She's Jinx. Mm, um, they cast an she... animated character in Fallout. Well, she's she does live action and animation, but I only recognize her from her animation mm. work. Because she's also a Star Trek Prodigy.
4: Okay, cool. uh, but
2: she's been cast in the lead role.
3: So, like Fallout is a series where like you can create your character. So it's really nice that they're they're making her default like a like a lady character because like generally they just depict the male character and this kind of stuff. So I'm like, for yeah, sure, cool. yeah, good point, good point,
2: yeah. And then Robert Rodriguez is directing a reboot for Spy Kids on Netflix. Oh,
3: yeah, okay, a reboot. Right. Why not? I wonder if it's. I hope it's a, a continuation, not a starting from scratch thing, because that doesn't make sense to restart your entire franchise that you helped create. You know what I mean? Yeah, I cause that fresh. world,
1: that world is like fleshed out and interesting and kooky, yeah. but like,
3: like the, it should be like like the I don't know if they're old enough. Well, it was twenty years ago. It could be the kids of the kids, right? Like, well, they did that but...
2: in the fourth film
3: oh did they well i didn't watch that one they did the it's kids of the kids canon. in the fourth film
2: no not the kids of the kids but the kids were in the fourth film yeah they showed up yeah he
3: means kids of the kids oh kids of the kids no, you know, i'm talking about like yet. like force awakens this shit baby oh
2: yeah yeah you, you haven't done that yet you could bring
3: back juni Wart's sports kid bring him back and then
2: we'll we'll finally
3: tie in shark boy and lava girl dude br- bring back the multi, multi all of it bring back the
1: whole uh, superhero universe thing that he did for netflix that's connected to shark boy oh, and lava girl. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it's not
2: technically connected to shark boy and lava girl because that was because that what they were hallucinations, hallucinations in that film. They weren't real characters. Are you movie. shitting me? Yeah. They're connected to my doing brain
3: here.
4: Because
2: he, because the main character shark boy. I want to spend more girl. time on it. <laughs> <laughs> <Hold> on. <laughs> it's essentially what I said. Okay. That's, that's that. Then, so let's move on.
3: My kids is, my kids is cool. Like, that's a cool kids, kids franchise. Yeah.
2: Uh, Blue Beetle. Sharon Stone has been cast in Blue Beetle. Oh, yes, character, uh,
3: character she's
2: She will be uh Victoria Cord, the antagonist of the film.
1: I think I think that's awesome. Since you brought Blue Beetle, quick side note. Uh Zach Braff wants to be Blue Beetle to Donald Faison's uh Booster Gold on Legends and I want that bad.
3: Okay. I thought you Did... first second meant like in this movie and I'm like no. No, no, like, no. no, no. Legends.
1: Yeah, 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 because it's Donald Faison and they're like they're still best friends. So, yeah. like,
3: oh, I didn't know they're still friends. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. They, they like, they hang out
3: all the time. They love
1: each I other.
0: Love no, they're also in that commercial about T Mobile together where they're singing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, but they could all...
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, let him. Because he'd be perfect as Ted Cord. Uh,
1: I feel very good about this because I, I haven't seen Sharon Stone do anything for a while, but then I watched the Netflix murderville show and she's not one it. of the guests and i had a great time watching her there and so i'm like yeah go go sharon so let's do it
3: cool yeah she she's she's not uh she's been in, in a dc movie before as a villain so it's definitely probably gonna be better than catwoman so it's gonna be nice mm. uh really cool that they're doing like i'm not super familiar with with the Court family but i'm pretty sure that like victoria Court is not a big character in the comics from what, I've, from what i've read so like having like ted's evil wife be the villain like okay whatever family drama yeah. whatever sounds fun yeah i like sharon stone she could be she could be cool
2: apparently now this is kind of a rumor as of right now um sabir prasada who wrote moon Knight, uh is scripting a nova project but we don't know if it's a tv show or a movie <sighs>
1: Whoa. i mean it was only a matter of time that's it's
4: fantastic. True.
3: I'm just it's like Moon Knight and Nova are so different. It's not even they are. comparable, man. Do
4: okay. Sure. First I said Moon Knight
3: was good enough. Yeah, sure.
2: Hold on. Did you just ask, do, do we want a Nova movie? No, was no, in, would we
0: prefer Nova being a, a film or a television show? What Nova's
3: big cosmic. I'd hope it would be movie. Yeah. I think I, I think I'd prefer a movie, but yeah. I, the thing, the real question is if they're going to do rich rider or they're going to do Sam Alexander, the kid. And my yeah. heart wants Dick, but my brain says Sam, the kid, to tie it in to Kamala and do I the agree. champion stuff. I
1: agree. I suspect it's the kid. You
3: could get both. You could do like do like passing the torch, like old man Nova. Like they absolutely could do that, and that's the dream. Uh, I just, I just, I don't know. I want.
2: Well, it. up until now, it did kind of feel like the Nova Corps or Nova as a character was a little bit off the table because what James Gunn did, uh, re- re- like redid them. Uh, and then the Russos killed them, but, yes. <laughs> um, so like it did, it, it, it does feel like this could be like a, like, a, um, Sam Alexander meets Kyle Rayner. Like he, yep. like he finds a helmet and he becomes the last Nova, mm-hmm. like, like Kyle Rayner became the last lantern. Yeah.
3: And, and, and the, the story of like, of Nova's big introduction and annihilation, like, like geez like over a decade ago or whatever, our reintroduction. Like he, all the all the cores wiped out, and he is the singular guy left with the world mind, and he has collected all of the energy, almost like the one, like we just talked about, and he's Mm -hmm. like the ultimate nova. That's why he's so powerful in that in that annihilation stuff. So like the fact that the nova core is destroyed could actually lead directly into like just like adapting the comic properly, just doing it with Sam instead. So that could be cool.
2: Mm -hmm. So it's having read some of Richard Rider uh, because of uh, Al Ewing's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, like kind of bummed that maybe we're not getting some of that yeah,
3: he's truly a hard badass character uh he's hung out with Gamora a couple times they got a history he's uh, in a
2: relationship yeah. with Peter Quill you can't tell me otherwise
3: oh yeah that's definitely never happened with Chris Pratt hell no <laughs> uh yeah Nova's a great character like that's one it's like that's a big character let's that's like, you have to, that's like Green Lantern doing big, big that's, cosmic shit. Like, that's been,
1: Nova's been on the wish list of the fandom for a while. So yeah. I, I it, it really feels like even if this isn't 100% true, like there's definitely, this is a smoke, there's fire situation. Nova is, is coming one way or another. It might not be soon, but it's coming. Well, yeah. That's
2: something I haven't heard in a while. Smoke, smoke there's fire? Yeah. Gotham Knights has cast two characters. Anna Laura has been cast as Stephanie Brown slash uh, spoiler Beautiful. and Misha Collins has been cast as Harvey Dent.
3: This is the CW Gotham TV show, correct? Yes. Yes. Got it. I don't,
1: I'm having a hard time seeing Misha Collins as Harvey Dent. For I'm those who familiar. are not aware, Misha Collins is Castiel in Supernatural.
3: That's the only oh. thing I've with. Him from and I barely watched that show. So like, yeah, I, but, I, I, I don't know.
1: I'm having a hard time seeing it, but it's not impossible. He seems like he could
3: be like the charming... charming
1: I'm uh, being 100% honest as a person who's caught up on all the CW shows. If your name isn't Superman and Lewis or uh, Legends, I'm a little done with it. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, what if
2: this is a Superman and Lewis situation where it turns out to be good?
1: Totally. I totally acknowledge that that's possible. Uh, I'm just... The ratio of quality to not right now is not... It's pointing not me in that in, direction,
0: it's not in CW's favor, that's for sure.
3: And I like it's crazy to me because, like, you're telling me, yo, we're getting a Gotham Knight show that's gonna have like spoiler and like half the Bat family in it. And I'm like, the dream come true, right? But we're at a point now where I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe not on this channel, maybe not on this channel, yeah, maybe HBO Max. Yeah,
0: it, it is true. If HBO Max was like, we're gonna do this show, I'm like, I'll see what you got, Morphe. They've been killing it lately with uh, their their superhero shows. So I mean, although they've really
1: look Su- Superman Lois. Superman Lois was a knockout. It is a good indication of what they're capable of if they really want to put the effort in right now. Legends is is quality of its own volition, but it's also kind of its own own thing. But Flash is mm, Batwoman is all right. It's not bad, but like I'm not going. I don't encourage people to go out of their way for it. And uh, Naomi was like. It was it was good, but like I'm same deal. I'm like not telling. I'm not hearing a lot of people being like, "Yeah, you gotta go. You gotta go check out Naomi." Like, I, is that is that show still on right now? The season ended.
4: Okay, I don't.
1: I don't think I've seen a single. It was a short. It was a short season. It was a ten episode, thirteen episode. Hmm.
2: Hmm. All right, and then uh, Flash and Superman and Lois have been renewed for new seasons.
3: Yay, Superman and Lois.
2: Cool, love it. Who read *Demon Days* by Peach Momoko?
3: I read. There's there's a bunch of those like one shots happening everywhere. So I read like five. I read at least three of them. Uh,
2: there's five one shots that are all one story. It's basically a five issue miniseries, but just one shots. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he she's coming back to a new five issue miniseries this time titled *Demon Wars: The a- The Iron Samurai*. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man. Sorry, it's a four-issue miniseries, not a five-issue. It's going to be a sequel to Demon Days and continue the story from where we left off. Um, and it's basically War? basically reimagining Civil War, but with Japanese folklore.
0: Ooh,
3: Guys, this! look at this banger. Give I looked for that in my store. Give me a break. When I saw this, I was like, I'm paying cover price, and I threw a 20 at his face. That's not
2: true. He <laughs> was like, I don't want this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, uh, um, I love... Uh, I'm sure I've bought everything because anything, I, anytime I see a Peach Moko thing, I'm just like, I, I want it. Even if it's a cover, yeah. I'm buying it. So oh, uh, oh, uh, let me see go. if I can.
2: So there's, yeah.
0: there's Iron well, that, Man That over was, there. Like
3: freaking Griffith from Berserk. Uh, that's, uh, I'm so excited. Love that looks really cool. I'm so and, into. Yeah. Sweet. Peach I found Moko. the Demon
0: Days stuff on Marvel Limits, so that's gonna go Love to it. my uh, read list. Love it. I think you would really like it. I'm actually gonna.
2: I don't. It's my next book club. Demon Days.
4: Okay. Oh, so good
2: um uh-huh. to, yeah well yeah I, it's a five issue mini series but just as one shots i'll give you the order when we do it it's gonna be it's gonna be a couple weeks don't worry about it
4: okay.
2: anyway i'm really excited for this because i really liked demon days and i'm really excited for more i love peach momoko's art it's it's beautiful so it's the only reason why i'm bringing this up now is because um i want to know actually you know what i'll read it and then you guys figure it tell me shang chi the ongoing series shang chi is being rebooted as shang chi and the ten rings Mm-hmm. Uh, jean luen yang will continue to write with marcus toe as as uh, on art so this was going this was originally solicited as shang chi number 13 and that has yeah. now been changed to shang chi and the legend and, and the ten rings number one
4: okay all right mm.
2: shang chi is now in possession of the ten rings and he will have to go up against razor fist and more bounty hunters and assassins to find the truth of
3: the rings We love synergy, don't we? Oh boy! Oh howdy! Oh boy! Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah, I thought we were done with it. Um, I thought Chong—he just getting his relaunch. He can just be the character he wants to be. They gotta change. They gotta. Now I have the Ten Rings. Those Ten Rings are not like the movies whatsoever. They have now he's like, now he went from being a martial artist to now he can like take on the Avengers. And I'm like, that's not. And we talked about it.
2: We talked about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That this that this character received. One of the biggest upgrades that we have ever seen from an adaptation,
3: 100%. And, and now
2: they're just doing it in the comics.
3: Like it's so yeah. fun that like he can just be a cool martial arts guy, the best in the world. That like he can take out superheroes with his normal, normal, normal personness. And I'm like, that's that's fine. Like, is the I only hope...
2: time that synergy been good when Blade happened because they changed Blade to match Wesley
3: Wesley Snipes. Um, that was pretty I, good. I, yeah, I'd have to think more on it because I'm sure, um characters getting more recognition in books like captain marvel captain marvel always has a book now and i think that's necessary and important to have right but that wasn't because
2: but but like the mcu influence was influenced by that comic but like blade was not that was not wesley snipes character from the movie and then it was
1: this sounds this sounds like a topic for another day
2: it does actually i'm gonna write this one down Um, uh on the
1: on the topic of this you said that uh gene lewin yang is still writing it right
4: Yes. So, that gives me, so,
1: so the synergy kinda of sucks, but like that gives me a little bit more confidence because what i read, which is only, I grant, the first three issues of his run with Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. I really liked. So and I like him as a writer. So I, I wanna believe that like this can this can be handled well as long as it's with him and could work. Uh even if it's like maybe story elements being forced on him.
3: Sure. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. agree. I just I just wish some things can just get left alone. In the in the like...
1: hands... I, I agree with you. In the hands of a capable right, capable writer, I have some hope. Yeah. Uh, where it doesn't feel necessarily like... The, the decision might be forced, but the story that might come out of the forcing could still be great. Yeah. Um. The, the, but,
4: but... the big
3: test is if this happens to Miss Marvel. Because if that happens, there will be riots in the show. I,
1: I agree. I agree. I th- I'm very um, concerned about that. And yeah. I agree on that sentiment. I think that the other thing is it will be interesting to see if this is just a temporary like this title with Shang-Chi with the Ten Rings is like a stint to kind yeah. of tie with the films, but not necessarily a permanent change for the character.
0: My take on this whole thing is that they missed the boat. Oh As yeah.
4: Just,
0: yeah. That movie's been out for months. Well, longer well, than I, that. I...
1: I, I mean, I, I get what you mean, know. but it's I no disagree. Way, no way. I disagree because what happened is that the movie came out and Yang's book came out. And that was solid and if they'd just done this from the get-go it would have immediately been like mm. um so i'm hoping that there's foundational again i'm not caught up but i'm hoping there's some foundational groundwork that could make the story work yeah, because yeah. yang got to like lead into it uh i feel like it'd be it'd be a shittier cash grab thing if it was just done when the movie came out
4: yeah i got that
2: yeah all right moving on
4: sure moving
2: on video on. game news
4: <gasps> Ooh.
0: E3 has been canceled this year. Good. Yeah. No, it's going. It's, it's all <laughs> virtual again. And they say, no, they it's guys, not. Oh it's, oh, it's canceled. Oh, I read yeah. that. they're going to do uh more. They, like they, did.
2: they canceled their in-person show last year and said they were going to do a digital, uh, a virtual show. And then this week they canceled the digital, the, the virtual show. It's there. There was no E3 this year.
3: Wow. Uh, that's, that's fine. Sony hasn't been there for a while. Let's, uh let's be honest. There
1: might not ever be an E3 again.
3: It's yeah. honestly it's fine. Like yeah. as much as I love E3, like like every every big company, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they all have their own things that they that they do. They draw in millions of fans. Ryan, you can release a trailer anytime. Right
1: Ryan knows somewhere Jeff Keighley's like yes. No, yes. No, no.
3: Sparks that's so funny because literally like in like an hour after they released the news, Jeff Keighley just went on Twitter with a winky face because <laughs> he, he won he is now he mr did. e3 because he's got now multiple shows a year because he knows what what people want he's just a gamer he just wants people just want to see games they don't want any of the marketing bullshit it's like hey here's some games here's the people who make the games that's all they want it's, he knows it's so that. true
0: i mean we're probably still gonna get some june announcements from all of them because that's like yeah. i mean obviously nintendo's gonna have a direct like it's gonna be their air quotes e3 direct you know e3 is not happening well,
1: well, Ben, Ben, that's that's kind of the point. Like, e 3s e E3 three was suffering mm-hmm. uh, before the pandemic. The pandemic killed it because everybody figured out that doing virtual worked better yeah. for them anyway.
0: Yeah. Although now yeah. that I'm actually writing for legit video game magazines and legit video game publications, I'm kind of bitter that I don't get to go to e three anymore.
2: Because well, uh, apparently there will have... be
0: there will be. Here's the thing, Ben.
2: You can bet your ass there will be a video game convention that will take its place. Probably. And you know, you know
0: what? If it doesn't, it's the video game awards, and you can go to that. It's better. I could, I could probably go to that. Anyways, outside of that, they did say that they were gonna, we're "We're gonna come back next year, and I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think it's gonna happen. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will.
2: All right. Breath of the Wild two and Suicide Squad, killed the Justice League, have been delayed to
0: 2023. I I am not
1: shocked about Breath of the Wild two at all.
0: Yeah, I even tweeted about. like, what the heck was I smoking when I said that Nintendo's normally good on their making
3: their release dates for games like this. No, they're not. I, think, I
1: told you at the I end of last year,
3: I'm like, it ain't happening. You might have been the last person alive who thought it was coming out this year, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, probably. But <laughs> Especially
3: right. after Elden Ring, they're like, we are not competing with Elden Ring this year. No, nah, we're not even going to pretend. We can't do it.
2: And they, honestly, they, they like pour some coffee so on on a, on a computer and we're just like yeah sorry we just got a delay no function issue.
3: <laughs> oh guard six months at work like no joke like Elden ring is such a good game that like breath of the Wild 2 has a chance of not winning game of the year and nintendo will not do that they refute no. they will not do that they want like we want the spotlight we know what we got oh shit there's another game that's might be better than ours
4: oh pour some coffee on it's, it's, you, i just oh. real
1: quick it's real real quick it's really funny you bring that up because i've been thinking about like every video game that still has to come out this year and they're just like i mean no, Why? nothing's gonna beat Elden ring it's over like game of the over. year game of the year in march like it's done
0: yeah. like <laughs> not even real, march like, it's february that's when God the game came out technically it was it freaking
3: damn. february yeah. a ragnarok comes out this year guys i'm not joking like that's a game that's still coming out on ps4 so like it's not going to be like you know uh, we like...
4: knew
2: we knew that game wasn't coming this year
3: yeah so even should if be, it did like to be fair eldon is also in. on ps4 no no, it's true but like it, it is a smaller game it is not a narrative like no i'm god with of... you i'm i'm with you god of war would have to do something truly special to beat Elden ring this year and i'm yeah. like just don't even worry about
0: it
2: i don't think there was ever a world where god of war came out this year i, I think right. it was always going to come out next year
0: good give it give it yeah. space. i give mean it to be perfectly <coughs> honest of the Wild 2 being delayed the first thing i might the first thing i thought of when i saw the news was like cool i have more time to play Elden ring and all the other games i have in my backlog i don't have to worry about it
3: uh, Absolutely.
1: uh as far as both of these news bits go video game delays are always good
3: yeah, yeah. it's true i'm sorry um suicide squad that was the other one yeah yeah, yeah. that's i'm not shocked that's fine it's I, a pandemic still i get it yeah
2: i also think that they wanted to give gotham knight's room which is coming out this year
3: yeah yes yeah
2: yeah um october i believe Mm-hmm. PlayStation announced a big thing this week. Yes, they did. They are overhauling PlayStation Plus. Um, I've got some basic information here, but I'm assuming you guys know a lot more than me.
3: Yeah, we uh, don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's they're breaking up into three tiers. They're trying to make it a Game Pass competitor. It's not a Game Pass competitor, uh, uh as much as they would like to think it is. Um, but it is it is pretty nifty. It is it's nifty. A, it's it's closer. It's closer,
2: so there. So, as Ryan said, they're doing three tiers PlayStation Plus Essential will combine the current PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now services for $9.99 a month. PlayStation Plus Extra will be the next tier, which will include a catalog of up to 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games you can download digitally for $14.99. Up to and PlayStation Plus Premium will bundle everything from the first two tiers with additional 340 games comprising PlayStation 3. Uh, PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, and PlayStation Portable via cloud streaming, and that's so seventeen
0: ninety nine. You can't download any of those games, which is a bummer. No, you can download PS One, PS Two, and PSP games, but PS Three is streaming only. Yeah,
3: sorry. Yeah, because oh, that okay. one, that yeah. one, yeah, the PS Three was its own architecture that mm-hmm. they can never figure out, and that system failed so hard for so many years. Uh, instead yeah. of just making it a regular computer like every other game has ever been, yeah, for every game console. Um. If you, for all of us here who just have have PlayStation Plus right now, uh, and we don't switch to anything, ours is going to be the same. Not much is going to change. It's really just, you want to pay more money for more games? It's Which is, a little
2: cheaper. The, well, the, the bottom tier is a little cheaper than it is now.
3: It's a little.
1: Oh, it's, it's even it's cheaper. Also, okay. It's also a little strange because they say that it's it's PlayStation Plus and and PlayStation Now coming together, and um, they say that even at the bottom tier, and I'm like. Well, PlayStation now has games. Like, am I getting some base level of games?
3: Yes. So, so you know how the PlayStation Plus, like, you you get like when you buy a PS Five, you get like here's here's a bunch of our old games you get just for free because you have PS Five. It's kind of like one of those things. We're like, yeah. here's a base level of games you're just getting. Thanks for yeah. Buying so it. they'll
2: still do the monthly
0: free games, and yeah. then yeah. this yeah, will yeah. be uh, other
3: yeah. Yeah. For, really, for regular people, that'll essentially just be the same thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Really, I mean, let's be honest. The the middle tier is only there to get people to the to the upper tier, which. The second they said PS1, PS2, and PSP games, they already got my money. Yeah, if you're you know, going to buy I, the
3: second tier, you might as well spend a couple bucks yeah. to get like everything else. Together.
0: Yeah, because you know Nostalgia's bitch over here, ladies and gentlemen. But the fact that the PlayStation is now actively trying to bring their older generation games to the newest system that's readily available to play, I think is a great move. I, it's was still, just... I mean, it's what? still a bummer that PlayStation 3 games are only streamable. But the fact that, and they said download, which means you don't have to stream those PS One, PS Two, and PSP games. You can keep those things on your hard drive. Yeah. So you can download those games, cancel your service, and they're still there.
3: Well, no, there no, no. That's not how services work. No services like that.
0: Right. That's true. Yeah. If I if
2: I were to if I were to delete my Movies Anywhere account, I'd, lo- I'd lose all those movies. No. Yeah. Um,
3: like if you if you got rid of PS Plus, you can't play you can't play multiplayer anymore. Multiplayer is you have to pay you have to pay for multiplayer.
2: Yeah, no. Plus is, hey, yeah. Sparks, so you like, were going to say something.
3: I was going to say, I was kind of surprised to hear
1: Ben say how great of a deal this sounded like. And then I realized Ben doesn't have an Xbox, so he doesn't realize how good Game Pass is and
3: how reductive <laughs> this is. Yeah, um, Game Pass is still... Because, like, honestly, like, the PS Now... Here's the thing, because, like, I don't have PS Now, uh, but people online who have PS Now have been comparing. They're like, okay, there's going to be, like, 740 games total with the, the most expensive tier. PS Now, right now, has around that many games. So if all they're doing is breaking up PS Now into two different chunks for people to pay less amount for less games, then I'm like, ah, that's not exciting to me. They are adding more more new games, but they are not doing what the Xbox the Xbox Xbox does with day and date release. So like, if a new PS Five games comes out, it is not on PS Now, and and the Jim Ryan, the the president of PlayStation, said, we are not Xbox. We do not we do not focus on multiplayer. We do single player narrative things where you buy the game and that's what it is like we are not the same as xbox so like we are not going to do you buy one service you get everything that's just not the type of business we are and i respect that i really do i think like not every game should be on a service because then like where does the quality barrier stop and end and like and like are they getting paid enough like i want to spend 70 dollars on a quality game like i don't want us i don't want every game to be on a service because then again like it's all just a wash of netflix movies where nothing has any value anymore so like i respect this a little bit
2: It's my understanding that PlayStation Now does not have the previous generation games available to it
1: outside of PlayStation Four. It has
3: a it has a very select like mixed match of 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 PlayStation
1: Now. PlayStation Now definitely has PlayStation Three because that's how we did Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: right. Okay, but it probably not one and two, right?
1: I don't think one and two. uh, That's new.
2: I think that this is what they're when they're talking about three hundred forty. They're talking we're adding. It's additive, right? We're adding the previous yeah. generation games. We're not taking away the PS4 games.
1: But speaking to Ryan's point is that the price cost, that maximum tier that they're asking for, is almost double Game Pass as mm-hmm. is at yeah. its most. And Game Pass is doing day and date of new games. They're, their entire back catalog, all the way back to Xbox, is almost backwards compatible by about 92%. Yep, That's, that's
3: insane. you Um, you need to buy ps now extra 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 premium to play those ps1 games xbox if you have the game you can play it on your brand new xbox you don't need a 20 year old system you can just play it and that's the fundamental
4: difference yeah yeah
3: and that's that's that i think that is okay i I will not be buying the super expensive yeah but the last
0: time i checked uh but to 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 count all right not to counter that but because the last time i checked up on how well, Xbox is doing backwards compatible with all their games. It's still only a very small fraction of their. No, Ben, Ben, no. Uh,
2: real, uh, real quickly. Um, probably a safe bet to not speak on an Xbox. You do not have one. You well, have I, never. I'm had had never on.
0: looking this up. They said there's only there's like a thousand games in the 360 line, but only we'll look, other, some of them are playable.
3: There are some that are unplayable. Throughout the years, they have done multiple patches for hundreds and hundreds of games. Hundreds. Mark's
2: just said ninety two percent. That's
3: that's quite a high number. I, I know. It's pretty, good. it's pretty good. It's easy when you use the same type of, again, computer stuff to make games for decades on end. It's just they're using Microsoft computers. It's easy to translate that stuff. PS3, like architecture, they, they still can't figure that out 15, 10 years later. That's, in, that's insane to me. How did we do this? Um, what's funny is truly funny is em, uh, emulators on PCs, can do ps3 stuff better than sony can people have figured it out like i'm not going to say i've played ps3 games on my computer better than they ran on the ps3 initially i'm not saying that it's true though i don't know why sony hasn't figured it out i'm not i'm not a computer scientist you know it's crazy
4: Uh, yeah,
1: I, I mean, like, that's, that's the thing is like most of the time when I'm looking at getting an old game, if it was available on, on both Xbox and PlayStation, I go for the Xbox because it's available. It's backwards compatible. If I can find a disc, I can put it in my Xbox one and play it, or I can put Mm -hmm. it in the next level of the Xbox console and play it. Um, so I all of my Xbox games still have value to me, no matter what the updated console is that I put it on. PlayStation doesn't have that. And then the thing that really gets me about this is, like, I, I, I'm i fine with the two tiers. I'm fine with the breakdown and everything. It's the price. It, the, the price is still demanding more of what the, the player is getting. And I, I still think that's ridiculous. I think this is ridiculous about Nintendo as well. But, like, it's really getting me because, like, they're not – I don't – believe they're putting the work in to make the the transfer of these systems it'll be interesting to see how people feel about the ps1 and ps2 games but like even then the just the sheer number that we're talking about right now it's not worth that high maximum
3: price for these old games the the, one of the big things is and we'll go off this topic quick uh soon but like they haven't announced what the games are either so they want us to like we can't buy we can't pre-purchase or anything but like they want us to like think about making this investment without even knowing what we're buying it Cause like they're still working on that on those deals. And if you remember the PlayStation Classic, the thing that released, like that game, that thing wasn't super great. No. Uh, they they couldn't get the licensing deals for their most like classic PlayStation games. So that makes me worry that like is that another situation here? Like I don't know, cause you haven't told me what I'm buying yet.
1: Uh, our friend uh, Adoni Zedek in the chat saying Game Pass is lovely and Nintendo doesn't care. I agree on both points. True. Um, Xbox, like,
3: five years ago they were in the dust and now they're like they're the leaders. It's crazy. It's kind of it kind of reminds me
2: of like Disney was like yeah we're seven bucks for everything we got and then HBO Max was like yeah we're fourteen.
1: Bet bet yeah. your bottom dollar you're gonna see things like for the PS1, PS2 games that's gonna be like the the original Jack which has had remastered versions but now it's just gonna be like do you want to play it when it looked. Oh like, my god. Go back and play the classic. Here it is. And that's like counting in the number when you yeah. have it also through the service available on the PS4.
3: Yeah. Oh my god. Playing dude playing like old games blown up on your HDTV looks awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um I I'm glad that they're moving forward with a with a with a service like this. Uh they I had to do needs,
1: something. They were it, getting they it. They had to do
3: something. It needs yeah. it, I think it needs work. Uh I'm not sure. I wouldn't have done three tiers personally. I think that's, you just, yeah, two. You get the games, you don't get the games. Like Game Pass has that. Like you have Xbox Live or you have the Xbox Live with Game Pass. That's all, That's all like making it
1: 20, easy. $20, $20, you get the games, $10, yeah. you don't. Like that would make sense to me. I'd be yeah.
3: more willing to go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how, how it shakes out when it comes out and in June. Also, we'll see June.
0: what the game selection is because my thing for the, especially for the PS1, PS2, and PSP games, a lot of those games are now stupid expensive to buy hard copies of.
4: So, sure. depending, and, yeah. so
0: depending on what those games, so depending on what they release with it, it's like, Hey, can you remember Musashi legendary Warrior for the PS one? That game's a uh, cult classic now
3: worth hundred dollars, but here you go. You could play it on PS five. Or is exclusive to the PS three. You can't play that thing anywhere else.
1: I, I hear you, Ben, like that's, really a a good point but it is only a good point for gamers more like yourself right and i think the thing is that like i don't think this is as competitive with game pass that's kind of like this works for lots of people like a lot of casual gamers will get in on game pass because it's a good deal and i don't think that this quite delivers to that audience the same like you got to have the passion for these old games to make that price rate Mm -hmm. worth it and I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to get as many people subscribing to it because of that. They'll get, they'll get plenty, they'll get a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. All
2: right, trailers. All right, let's go got- to a video game trailer: Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. It's the new
3: Ghostbusters game, which is basically Dead by Daylight. So we've played, well, we've played Predator Hunting Grounds, same mm-hmm. developer. I've mm-hmm. played Friday the Thirteenth, the game. Uh, I also have played that. Developers. I think both of those games are, are quality for what they are. Yep. Um, I don't like Ghostbusters enough. I like the movies a lot. I don't think I like Ghostbusters enough to play this game. For fans of Ghostbusters, I think this will be really good.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the exact opposite. I think this looks great. That's I'm awesome. so into the... I, I love that first Ghostbusters game. I really do. Um, I think it's awesome. And yeah. if you're taking, like you know because you know you feel like you're a ghostbuster in that game and if you're taking that to this and you get to play as Ghost, and get these cool powers i think it looks i think it looks a lot of fun i really want to play it which
4: uh, is I,
1: which is truly speaking to ryan's point because he said if you are great. a big ghostbusters fan then this game is for you
4: exactly uh
3: yeah because like it it looks like it looks like yeah dead by daylight or like evolve where you gotta like or more like evolve because you got to find them find the monster um, while well, the ghost, the ghost has its own objectives, I've listened to a couple podcasts where people are, are previewing the game um, and it is very much like Evolve, or like the ghost is doing his own stuff, he has to kill the people and do other objectives uh, the humans hunt the ghost and also like destroy some ghost stuff to uh, expend the lives because uh, there's like these ghost portals and the ghost, the ghostbusters have to bust the portals to take out the lives of the ghost or else he can respawn when you kill it mm-hmm. um, so all the mechanics seem cool, like leveling up your ghostbuster, like leveling up equipment, all that stuff is great um after playing friday the 13th and playing predator for me uh i don't think it's going to be enough
2: there there's a sense of there's a sense that like you know there's the dragon ball z game that's coming that's very much the same um like we're getting a lot of these um real quickly though
0: ben can you pull up grayson's comment i most certainly can he says that ghost versus game does look fun i'm just wondering if the story is going to be there for people that don't get to play with others much thank you so that's what i was going to
2: say there won't be a story <laughs> This is no. not the type of game that has a story mode. Um, we've, we've played many of these games. It will have like lore. I'm sure, like you, you, know, you played the Predator game. There's tons of lore for Alien? the Predator.
3: There's a lore and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah.
2: So like, I'm sure we'll get that. But there, uh, Alien's more story driven than Predator is. But like, yeah. you know, uh, we'll get like what these ghosts are, what the lore of these ghosts are, what the lore of the Ghostbusters is, and we'll get that. But there's not going to be like story mode.
1: I, if I'm being honest, I was more excited about this game when it for when the trailer first started, and I thought it was basically Aliens Fireteam Elite with Ghostbusters. When mm-hmm. I realized it was Predator with Ghostbusters, I was like, because mm. the problem with that is that like I need a lot of people to have the game and want to play it.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: With uh with like the the um I forget the term for it, but like the Left 4 Dead, the Aliens Fireteam Elite style, Back for Blood style.
4: The thing Predates is like. Player.
1: You don't need that many players of your friends to play with your friends. Right, like if I wanted to play Aliens Fireteam Elite with Brandon and Ryan wasn't available, we'll have an NPC with us. Like that's not a big yeah. deal, and we're fighting NPCs, so like I don't need as many of my friends to have the game to enjoy it with friends.
3: So, so one thing that this developer, uh, this is the first of their games that will have AI bots, so you can play by oh, yourself okay. if you want. Yes, cool. so <laughs> if you want to, so yeah, it is going to be like mission based. You, you can go talk to Winston or go talk to. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's character and, like, get missions and level up and get, like, artifacts and talk to them and stuff, but, like... Well, I uh, you retract all my
1: statement, sir.
3: There you go. Uh, again, like, it, I'm sure it'll be fun. Like, it doesn't look bad at all. It's just, like, after playing so many of those games, I don't think it's doing enough for me, like, as a not, tr- like, super Ghostbusters fan. Uh, but, like, maybe if it's cheap enough or on sale, like, Brandon, if you try it and you really like it, like... You know, I've always wanted...
2: Know. I've always wanted another Ghostbusters game. I would have liked another single-player Ghostbusters game, like, the first one, but yeah. I'm... I'm happy to get
3: this. We'll check yeah. it out. Uh, and by all accounts, because uh, again, like I listened to like three video game podcasts in a row where they all previewed it the same. Like so, I just yeah, I had a lot of information at once. And like by all accounts, uh, the company Alphonic, they have said like, hey, we know our games are buggy and like glitchy, and like we feel really proud of the product we made with this one. Like they like this is like their most complete game that they feel that they've made. So that yeah. gives me more confidence if they're willing to be open about that because like those games are janky as hell. Uh, they are low budget games. Uh, but like they feel like this one, they finally got a real grasp on it. So I really want to see if that's true or not. Because like again, it could be really fun. Like for sure, it could be great. I love ghosts.
2: I'm Really excited for the Dragon Ball one. I hope that comes soon. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric Planet.
3: David Attenborough. Did you guys
1: did you guys miss walking with dinosaurs? Because it's back
2: i think this looks really great i thought, i love the designs of the dinosaurs did you guys see the uh clip that was reviewed that was I put did. Out also?
1: i'll be honest i like the clip more than i like the trailer because i felt Me like too. i got a better look at how good the dinosaurs will look in the like chonky
2: like... chunky t-rex
1: yeah um I, I like this I think we you know we were about due for a time where like we're doing like the what were dinosaurs like but with more analysis from what we actually know it's been like a decade or so since they've really attempted something like this so I'm all for it I'm glad yeah, they're doing it's, it yeah.
3: uh, back when planet earth came out like maybe, like maybe a decade or so ago like I was hot and heavy into nature documentaries back when I was like super getting back into marijuana as well so it was perfect of just like binging planet earth and like man the deep sea is really weird isn't it <laughs> Uh like they're glowing down there. Uh so like man, David Attenborough hearing his voice, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, it gets me. All right. CGI is looking good. Yeah, I think it was, di-
1: it was only a matter of time before another Attenborough visited the dinosaurs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh I think the dinosaurs look really great and the, the trailer we get more of them. Um the, there are more like what they've been saying is like scientifically accurate dinosaurs. Um yeah, the- if you watch
1: if you watch the clip, you got like the baby T Rex has like its plumage on it. Which they are like it sheds as an adult, but like when it's a baby, it has a lot of it.
2: And uh, in the trailer, you even see like the the uh, long neck dinosaur. I don't know the exact breed, but like it's got like pouches underneath, yes. that like inflate. Um, the 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 clip though, um, there's a bit where it's like the the T Rex is the world's mightiest hun- hunter, but today he's just dad, and it's just this fat T Rex <laughs> with its baby. It's very funny. I um, didn't see that, but yeah. Chunky boy! Oh. Chunkers Rex. Brian, you're muted. Brian, you're muted. Oh, he's a chunky boy! (laughs) (laughs) Chunkers Rex. Chunkosaurus Rex.
4: Oh, that's
0: going to be a meme on the internet.
2: (laughs) All right. If we were popular enough to make memes on the internet, I'd be very impressed.
0: Chunkosaurus
1: Rex.
2: All right. Star Trek Strange New World Season 1. Right. It's the first season.
1: I was hot on that first teaser trailer let me tell you yeah then this one came out and guys i'm pretty convinced that i'm gonna watch some strange new Worlds that's my <laughs> introductory star trek show funny,
3: sparks because i had a similar conversation with brandon really briefly in the moon knight discussion where i said i just watched that strange new world trailer that looks good yeah <laughs> like no way the show's that good right like i'm gonna i might i might watch that show and it's funny because I talked to Brandon about Kirk and you know, Kirk might be showing up crazy. There's,
2: uh, There were a bunch of character based 30 second teaser trailers that have been being released throughout the week uh, that led to this new trailer. I um, will talk. I just want to talk briefly about that. That gives me a lot of faith that this is going to be a, more of an ensemble show because we had these character focused teasers and all the characters are re- really cool. They're reinterpreting Miguel Barrett's character from the original series that wasn't number one, which was Nurse Chapel. Yeah. They're reinterpreting her and I really like the reinterpretation because she's a horrible character in that original show. Um so like I'm I'm into this and I really like the look of it. I really like Anson Mount as Pike. He's so good.
3: I, I don't know. I, I love I, the look. Yeah, I think, I think it looks incredible. Like I'm still so impressed how much money they're putting into these shows on the streaming yeah. service. Like they, they they really at least seem to, to care about that. Um the music, I don't know how the music is on the other shows, but it had the and I'm like, yeah. oh, I love that old school sci- sci- sci-fi sound. Like, I love it. Like, it feels like it's the closest I, I've I've felt, at least the trailers to old school Star, Star Trek. Like, it's still, it definitely still is like kind of like modern Abrams. Like, it's very really actiony, mm. but like the, the the feel of it is it like, oh, it feels old school to me. And like, the trailer I, looks short. really,
2: the trailer looks really episodic. We are going to different planets. It looks more planet based. Um, like I said, I really like the crew. There's a bit that's not in this trailer that was in the character teaser for pike that so in discovery season two he finds out that he's going when he's going to die when and how he's going to die uh that puts him in the chair from the menagerie and he is haunted by that in this show so his character teaser is all about like yeah i know when and how i'm going to die like how how is that going to affect me as a as a captain and he's like seeing the reflection of the melted face in the in his, his reflection
3: Ooh.
2: yeah i'm the, everything i'm seeing about the show says to me like this is a this is a,
3: a whole run feels hot feels like a hot show i'm ready for it i'm yeah i'm, I'm excited
1: for a star trek gateway drug
2: yeah uh it's <laughs> in mount he's just like let's just talk about this let's just find some common ground yeah um there's a there's another thing i wanted to bring up about this trailer that so in lower decks which i think ryan you'd really like lower decks mm-hmm. um there's a planet that the chief engineer of the ship is from that is a planet where thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, I don't remember, hundreds of years, uh, a group of Renfair Larpists went into space and found a planet filled with mythical creatures such as dragons, unicorns, trolls, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they set up a kingdom there and, that, and they've developed their society as a, like a medieval Renfair society. And it looks like at least the fandom is convinced that the scene where we see one of the one of the crew members sword fighting is that planet. Sick. So we could I mean, be seeing a lower dex planet through the lens of like classic Star Trek.
3: So sick. That'd be so cool. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah I mean, this. It feels like like the the heat behind the show feels real, unlike unlike the, like some of like the premieres of other shows or or like you know like multiple seasons of Discover where people are like less less hot on it than, yeah. or less cold but like this feels like the energy behind it is like there which is yeah. exciting
2: that's really good i really like the energy of the trailers they've all been like really energetic the action looks great i'm
3: so stoked that you guys are really into this yeah like i man i like star trek i just like i just like it's been so easy to just avoid all of this era of star trek because it's like i just know it's not what i'm looking for this is kind of like what i'm looking for like really uh, maybe this
2: will get you to lower decks i really want to watch lower decks
3: I, yeah, I should. I, you know, when I move, I'll have more free time probably. So I'll yeah. probably. All
1: right. What's next?
3: Close Enough Season 3.
1: Yeah, I just want to quickly talk about it. Close Enough is great, guys. I'm really happy that it's it's coming back for yet another season. uh Killing it. Love Close Enough.
0: I pretty much echo everything it. he said. It's a great show. Easy to binge. Very, very short on HBO Max. um I love a lot of the in-jokes. And Season 3 is coming. So woohoo. Can't wait to watch it.
2: Only Murders in the Building season two. Not I didn't a watch lot.
1: It. Not a lot to say off of this one. I'm just glad that season two is coming. It's kind of a, a short teaser for the season. Yeah. Um,
3: the characters are back. It's going to be a good time. I have faith. That was one of my favorite shows of the past year. I I didn't. I refuse to watch it because I will eventually watch that show, and I want no hints at all about it. Hell yeah.
2: Um, I'm super stoked. I'm really happy this season's coming back, and I'm really That's, glad I get to watch it weekly.
1: I will tell you, Ryan, that was really smart because there is like one moment that would kind of ruin oh. one suspect, so.
0: Good thing I also didn't see this trailer.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah, I it was, it was only on here for Sparks and I. <laughs> uh, And like, this one is only on here for you, Ben. Ruby, Ice Queendom. <laughs> you didn't have to put it on here, but sweet. I don't know, you said you didn't know about it, so I was like, okay, well, I'll put this yeah. on here. Yeah, I didn't know about we it. Ice Queendom? Yep, Queendom? Queendom. Mm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the trailer, was that, because this is 2D animation, and there's a 3D animated character mm-hmm. at the end of the trailer is that like a crossover between the rubies
0: honestly i have no idea Wow, well, oh, well what, what does- good are you <laughs> ruby, 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 ruby. as i was saying this looks like this is an anime style retelling of the first series or the or the first part of ruby so
3: hmm. i'm looking forward to it wait did you say it's an anime retelling
0: yeah isn't it an anime No, it's okay. So this is a traditional 2D style anime as opposed to a 3D animated one. This is 2D drawing. It's um class it's like classic. It also looks a little better because the original look better than the show. Well, to be fair, the original outing of Ruby, they didn't have enough money in the budget to have like regular people, so all the air quotes NPCs or side characters, they were just shadowed people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like if you rewatch that first bit of Ruby, it's rough.
2: So could this be a star trek 09 where it's we're going back to the past but it's actually different
0: than what you think it could be because there is some dialogue in there that in the original show like the scene where ruby tells weiss that she hates her it's like she never said that in the first bit so it could be a little it could be they could be taking some liberties with the story here so okay and also the fight scenes look look really good in this one so i'm looking forward to watch it nice oh i watched free guy this week i forgot to mention
2: very good i like the
0: movie a lot nice
2: Pacific Rim, The Black, Season 2. I think this is just for me. Uh, I mean, I,
1: I haven't watched Season 1 uh, still, but this, I'm still thrown off by the character animations. But a lot of yeah. the rest of it looks really cool. I don't know I'm what the hell's it. happening.
2: I'm used to it at this point. Yeah, I mean, um, you, watch,
1: you watch lesser animations a lot. I don't mean that as a negative or a diss- on you personally. You do. You watch cheaper animation shows than I do on a whole more often. And you are a higher higher tolerance for a lot of like the lower budget DreamWorks animation style things than I do. I don't have as high a tolerance as you do for that animation. You do. And that's okay.
2: I know. It sounds like I know. I know you think you're, you're trying to diffuse the situation by not insulting me, but it does still sound like you're insulting me.
1: I'm not insulting you. It is a. It is a. It is a. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let's not. Let's not keep
2: digging the it. hole. Let's not keep digging the hole.
1: Whatever.
2: Um, I really like the first season. Um, I. I really like. I really like that first movie, and I felt like this was a good addition. Uh, um, I really like what we're seeing in this teaser and this trailer for the kaiju sisters, like the witches that we see, who are like controlling kaiju. I think that's a really cool thing. Some of the action is really cool. There's a bit where like it like throws throws the main character into his spot in the egg. Uh, that was cool. Um and we get more we we get more of the kid who can turn into a kaiju.
3: Oh, it's attack on Titan?
2: I guess. I don't know the reference.
3: Attack on Titan, the character turns into a giant monster.
2: Oh, cool. So then yes. Um oh, cool. Yeah, I, I'm I really like the first season. I'm excited. This is the last season though, so
3: Oh, tune done. Take that Netflix. Yeah. Just like just like every every time.
2: All right. Men.
1: Yes. Yeah, this, movie, this movie looks weird as hell.
3: Man, I So like they release like posters uh of, of like of like the man in the movie. And he, and he was like man that guy's creepy and then i watch our 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 flags mean death and he's in there yeah. uh and i'm like man this guy is such a good character actor and then i realized he's every single man in the movie and i'm like yeah that took me a bit a i was fun, like how much like this movie looks horrifying right but how much fun would that be as an actor to play every single man in the movie yeah must have been so fun looks horrifying uh, <laughs> He's
2: um tanner in the
3: in the craig bond films that's right yes yeah dude he's I... a great great character actor
1: I love uh, Ex Machina and Annihilation, so mm-hmm. I'm ready to love this.
3: You should watch Devs. Can we please watch Devs? I know we don't have any time, but Devs is really is incredible. <laughs> we'll get there. It's a show he made. I know.
2: Um, yeah, um, this looks super cool.
3: Yeah, so a lady moves somewhere, like, because she's had trauma, and like every man she meets is the same man.
2: Every just, no, like... I think I think there's a woman with it with his face too. Like, I think it's he's every person. In that town, okay, but I, just overwhelmingly that. men.
3: She went to the uh, wrong place to decompress. <laughs> it's either gonna be like it's a horror movie, or he's like Mister Sinister, and they're all clones. <laughs> like it's, it's gotta be one of the other something.
1: It's, it's, it would still be a horror movie. It is still it's, gonna be. Scary. No, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
3: Uh, like this, the second
0: he's the second the the priest is talking to her, and you see like the scene where she sees her boyfriend fall off the 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 balcony, mm-hmm. and it's like, but if you apologize to him, it's like. Hold up. What? Yeah, it's the
3: gaslighting happening. Oh, yeah.
1: Great, mm. great trailer cutting. Um, I talked about it when we talked about the teaser for this that the, that I love when a trailer is like really creative with its editing and, and especially with sound and they use the woman's uh voice they in the tunnel way. and now they took that like another level and created like a music thing out of it and I'm like man. Always love it. Trailer editing can be so cool. Oh,
2: yeah. uh, it's A24, right? Yes, yep. it's A24. Their trailer guy needs to get a raise.
1: Yeah, agreed. Their marketing uh, is usually on point.
2: Uh, duel. Uh
1: yeah.
3: Um this is, this weird. is like Karen Gillan's gonna kill herself, so she's gonna be in a duel instead.
2: Well, she's she's sick. And yeah. and so yeah. if you're dying, you can clone yourself, and then if you're not dying, you've gotta kill the clone at a match. Right. She
1: finds out she finds out you're actually not dying, and so it's like, well, now you gotta kill your clone in Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
4: that's
0: pretty cool what's that one movie with that, with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, the island, the island uh, yeah, where, where they're clones so they can harvest their organs because they're other, because their actual people are like sick with something of, or whatever.
3: Better movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. I got some vibes, but I really like how it's, it's, tw- it's like twisted. So like you actually get to meet your clones. Like, Hey, these are my friends. This is who you're going to be talking to after, you know, I die. And it's like, okay, so you're not dead, but uh, so we're going to find out who's the true you and, Kill your clone. That's I think that's. Well, really it's, cool. the, it's it's the thing. was like, well, we can't have two of you running around. Yeah, that's That'd be, crazy. That'd be
2: ridiculous. Twins? What? Oh, you never heard of twins before? Damn, not okay. in this universe. Yeah, um, yeah.
3: yeah, I thought this looked really interesting.
2: Is this a streaming
3: movie? Real movie? Not that streaming movies aren't movies. You know what I mean?
2: I have no idea. Okay. It didn't say a streaming service, so I'm assuming it's theaters.
3: Yeah, oh, I don't oh, know. Kimmer. I like Karen. I keep calling Karen Gillan, Karen Gillan, the writer. Yeah. Karen.
0: Yeah, um, Aaron Paul's in this one too. Yes. Yeah, like,
3: oh. magnet bitch. Yeah,
0: choose or die. I don't think I watched this one. Oopsies. Uh,
3: this
1: is
2: the video game one. Where this Looks controlling...
1: like the video game controls reality.
3: Oh, that sounds uh, okay. Is, does, did it look cool? It oh, looks. Damn.
1: It looks cool. It there is an amount where it's like, it feels like, when people get their hands on doing a horror movie for the first time and they kind of go pretty hard for like the gore look okay. of some okay. things oh, no. there's there's maybe more than i care for here um but the concept of like the glitchy reality stuff yeah the,
3: concept <laughs> the original of... name yeah
2: that's the game uh, of the that's the name of the game that's the name that's the of movie. the
1: game in the movie um
3: Oh, it's got england think, in it all
1: right i think i think that the concept and like the visualization of the game affecting reality looks really cool and there's a lot of good horror element to i think explore with it that i think is really neat and i'm and i'm into that but that that gore level that we're kind of getting a peek at at the end of the trailer i'm like that's maybe like a little much uh probably going to be a detractor for me not necessarily a I won't watch it situation have like
3: you guys it. seen the movie starring Frankie Muniz called Stay Alive that came out in 2006. If you die in no. the game, you die in real life. It's wait. Not- wait. Yes. It's in the trailer, like, it, it's not a good movie, but, like, yeah, like, a, it's like a ghost, a ghost video game designer creates a game. If you play it, you die in the game. In
2: yes, the- I remember this movie.
3: Yeah, it's one of those bad ones. <laughs> I saw this movie,
2: movie in theaters. That's, yeah. that's the movie. That's when we, when we started playing Dead by Daylight. I was like, this reminds me of something, but I don't know what
3: it was. It was that! There you go. Uh, So, it's, it's, I hope okay. I, I hope for these premises because they're silly enough and I hope it's I hope it's good. Sounds cool. All right.
2: Top Gun Maverick.
3: I don't like the military. I don't give a shit about like jets in real life. But there's just something about a jet on a movie screen. Yeah. That looks really cool. I really want to see this movie, you guys.
0: Yeah, this movie. I,
3: I, I like Tom Cruise a lot. I think he's a really, really great movie star. Uh him doing real jet shit like he, him being a madman trying to kill himself being doing real jet work uh is selling the movie for me. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I think these trailers are really stylish.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you
0: all three of you know Top Gun has a very special place in my heart mm-hmm. and I, I once I saw this trailer I was very excited because we get some more friction between Go- uh Maverick and Rooster who is Goose's son, Goose as well Jr. <laughs> yep, Goose Jr. So I'm really looking forward to that What's and also
2: the picture frame was that what's his name for the al kilmer
0: yeah yeah I was ice say Man. yeah okay. we see i also he's an admiral so i am just glad that we, the characters that we knew from the original movie you see how some of them have progressed like now ice man's an admiral maverick is still doing being maverick and i'm excited to see this movie i'm really
2: <laughs> yeah i'm excited i haven't seen the first one in a very
0: long time but i'm very excited for this So i'm gonna rewatch it. i have... I need to rewatch the first one cuz Fanny has constantly
3: told me that she's never seen it and I need to show it Show it to her. I know you haven't seen it Sparks. Does this have does this get you at all interested in watching that first one cuz it is a good movie. I think it's pretty good.
1: Moderately, uh more than anything it's because um the director's name is escaping me but like because of his work on Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise I know he's a good filmmaker. Horrible. So like a, yeah. Uh so a lot of a lot of the shots I'm like, "Well, this will be a very well-made movie, I, I understand that and like Jets are cool, you're correct on a, on a movie screen, but I have no investment in any of the people on the screen outside of, I think Tom oh, yeah. Cruise is
3: a good movie star, so I'm like But I mean, like you're interested, like this would be- I'm interested
1: I'm, yeah. I'm interested, like I'd like to watch the first one to see see how much uh, I really care about the characters in the world but um, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just not like high hype, it's like, yeah, well, it seems like a good time
2: yeah. Okay, so so real quick, the director of this I had to double check is uh Macquarie is he, he's one of the script writers for it. Uh, um okay. the director of this did Oblivion and Tron Legacy.
3: Oh yeah, the Ooh. the yeah, that guy. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, I like those movies. Sure.
2: I do too. So I'm 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 still this got a good team and I like Tom Cruise, so
3: Yeah. Uh, I like a good like again, like I like the type of movie Top Gun is, where it's like a bunch of people living together, like they get in the fights, but like they're still best buds and they're out for each other, and like those movies are fun. And like we don't get a lot of those really anymore. Like like to- those type of movies, like you know, eighties like style, like again, mostly military movies. But like I- I'm ready for one of these, and Tom, Tom Cruise is at, at like the peak of him being like I'm gonna kill myself for you guys. I swear to God, <laughs> and I'm like I want to see it, Tom. Yeah,
2: they pushed Mission Impossible 9 back because that's the one where he's going to kill himself. He's, said, yeah, he's told them. He's like, I'm going to do it on this movie. So we got to the space movie first.
3: I'm so bummed that those movies got pushed, but that makes me so excited that they're still we're still getting
2: that. I'm, I'm excited for the next one. Anyway. Yeah. Samurai Rabbit The Usagi Chronicles. It's the first trailer for this one. It
3: looks like a fun, charming kids thing. I was hoping it would look better.
2: Um it's-
3: it's for like Netflix for kids or something. Yeah, I saw I saw yeah. that
2: after I I, yeah. I know so I know one of the writers on it. Um, I always thought it was strange to do this instead of just doing a Usagi adaptation. Um, so yeah. I was kind of hoping like this would be, uh, more like more of an into the Usagi mythos, for me. I guess that is my is my disappointment. Like, oh, well, this doesn't really look like my kind of thing.
3: It gave me like Kung Fu Panda vibes. I can like, see, like, like, like not a worse, Like, like, like DreamWorks see, like, a like a bunch of people, like, that's probably a bad embarrassing, But like, I just, I, yeah, I don't think this is this is gonna be for me.
1: There's nothing in the like dialogue that's grabbing me, and I think the animation is sloppy.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a bummer because like I don't know much about it, but like I don't feel like this is a good representation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like. I don't know. Maybe just not for me. You know. There's one particular shot of the bear like being a
1: spirit over his shoulder where I'm like, this looks like every like Norm of the North-style bad animation film I've ever seen a trailer for. Where it's Norm
0: just... of the North.
1: Yeah, it's where it's just like, wow, who, why did people put money on this?
0: That's that polar movies. bear one, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, what was the... the... Arctic Dogs, that was the most yep,
1: that's also bad. I, I, I ran through a couple of them and I went landed on Norm of the North because I saw that trailer <laughs> more times than I wish I had just by going to <laughs> movies at the theaters. Um bad animation.
2: Yeah. And then finally the sea beast.
1: Better animation. Much yeah. better animation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it like pretty it. cool. I like I, it. I like the look of it.
0: Yeah, i like how it's also in like a mythical style world where it's like there's this giant, really cool looking port and it's not set in like like it's like the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds or whatever, and I thought it was funny. Like it's like yeah. I can feel these beasts from a mile away. It's right behind them. And it's like okay, I might be off my game with it.
4: I uh,
3: like pirates. Yeah, so that's I, all. No, just like I like I like pirates and I like like mythical beasts. So I'm like yeah, like I can't. I I'm not gonna promise that I'll watch this just because like. I generally just like these are the first things that I gravitate towards you know like 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 Netflix anime things or something like that but like it does it does it's got pirates and that is that is one barrier that makes me closer I to think
1: it. the I think the sea beasts are very well designed yes mm-hmm. there's that one shot near the end where you get like the depth of the ocean I'm like man if there's a lot of that kind of vibe in it I'm yeah. really into it um you you don't get a lot of sea monster stuff anymore so i'm i'm yeah. i'm happy to trudge the into these waters uh pun intended but like uh i think it's i think that's uh not overly explored in animation or live action so i think it could be a lot of fun
2: yeah just wait what? to avatar baby
1: mm, good point <laughs>
3: Alcheman got pushed, so we have to do. Well, I mean, but,
1: that's, but but honestly, like just being just. I, I know you're joking, but like, uh, just just sincerely engaging with that, even if that's true. Again, with both of those, still not like an overdone area of filmmaking. Like, I think this, yeah. there's, there's a lot to explore here that could be
3: fun.
2: I believe it was you that said you like the look of this, and I, I really like the design aesthetic of this film. Uh, yeah. all the designs are really cool. Uh, that that ship is one of the coolest ship designs I've seen. I was gonna say this doesn't.
1: This doesn't have a nothing budget that's clear. Mm -hmm. It is lower than like your, your Disney or your Pixar for sure. But like, um, I always appreciate if you have a lower budget that you look unique and this Mm -hmm. looks unique and I'm all about that. Like you, you want to go for something like if you, if you can't quite make the money to make it look great, make it look different. And this looks different and I like it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Whoop
2: whoop. Should we get into our main topic?
1: It's time! Welcome, friends, to the Fake Nerd Awards 2022. I'm here on the red carpet with Ben Magnet, Brandon T. McClure, and Ryan Eliopoulos. (laughs)
4: Eliopoulos?
1: I'm sorry, I tripped over my tongue. Eliopoulos. And we are here to find out who has won in our many categories
3: say? don't go in there after me award
1: oh (laughs) it's a dundee that's
2: um uh uh sparks sparks how do you what are you wearing
1: uh i am wearing the broadway lion king hoodie um it's uh it's it's a good family classic to be honest with you
2: yeah yeah uh what's the brand I don't know uh, how they do this.
1: The brand is Disney. Um, I'm I'm really excited for this, guys. Uh, frankly, I I'm surprised we've gotten over five years into this podcast and never thought of doing this before. Um, uh, no, I've thought about it, right? But you never articulated that, and so thus here we are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> here we are. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this. We got a lot of great feedback uh, for how promptly and shortly. But honestly, like uh, we we decided on this pretty late into uh, leading up to this episode. So um, the fact that we got Roughly 26 total voters for this is including our uh, us four is still really cool. Uh, really grateful to everybody who voted. Thank you so much for engaging with us on Instagram, Twitter, and to our personal friends in our lives who also contributed to this. Um, I I look forward to in the future maybe planning this a little little better, going harder on it next time. But yeah, for now, yeah. this is going to be a hell of a show. Uh, I will take us through the categories. Uh, one by one, and we're going to talk about the nominees, who we voted for, and then I will reveal the winner. We're going to start off with me mentioning that a f- uh, fan of the podcast and friend John Radley joked about a write-in with me for Gator Loki for Goodest Boy Award. I then <laughs> told him that I thought of this and that real I realized we could have done a Best Animal Sidekick Award for this year because there were so many. But to oh, be yeah. honest, I knew that it was Eagles to fly away with, so I just left it out. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, John was like, oh my god, I didn't even think about e- <laughs> Eagly yeah. uh, Okay, we're going to move into our first category Our first category is for Oh, uh, real quick, I should establish this um, Our criteria when we were picking out our nominees and everything It had to be something that we talked about for the show and most of the time that meant that it had to be something we did as a topic. It could be something we covered in our weekly recaps if we talked about it enough. Uh, our lowest level for uh, entry had to be that at least two of the fake nerds needed to have engaged with it uh, this year. Um, we are going from the time frame of the beginning of 2021 all the way up to the release of Turning Red. Uh, so we'll get started. The first category is Best Realized Character. Our nominees are Catwoman, the Batman, uh, Gus from Sweet Tooth, mm. Vigilante from Peacemaker, Starro from the Suicide Squad, and the Mandarin from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I will go first and say that I personally actually ended up voting for the Mandarin. Um, I really appreciated Tony Lung's uh, performance, but also just the way that they took Pretty racist caricature of a character, and turned it into something very thoughtful and well handled. Especially having to maneuver around uh, the history of the Iron Man three stuff. So, thought it was really good. That was me.
3: I voted for. I'm pretty sure I voted for Catwoman. You did. Okay, good. Because she's had multiple on-screen iterations, and even though I love Batman Returns, that is not a very good representation of the character. Uh, so I thought that Zoe Kravitz did just a phenomenal job of representing what I love uh, about the character in all those aspects. Yeah. Uh,
2: I was going to say Catwoman or Vigilante, but I, I ended up with Starro Ooh, That's awesome. These are all good choices. Because I—that I, was Starro right? That's... I mean, that was that was starro.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Uh, to Ryan's point, I was really happy with all the nominees we ended up with. Yeah. To be honest, in every category, yeah. I thought it was killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben,
0: I also picked Starro I,
4: nice
0: yeah i was like i was thinking oh man i'm probably like the only one who picked star of the conqueror uh, from suicide squad i was very close to doing vigilante because I, I really mean, like freddy stroma vigilante that. was great but at the same time star the reason why i picked star was like you i never would have thought i would see star of the conqueror on the big screen like i did and he was done so well with like the little the little starfish that had like that takes over the hive mind. I was happy floating in space amongst yeah. the stars, And, it, so, and, and also yeah. that Starro wasn't like, yo, I'm here to conquer Earth just because F all y'all. He was like, I just want to go back into space because screw you. I no, was at the end there, there, he was
2: like, no, leave me the island. I'm, uh, you leave me all the people of the
0: island, and we're good. Yeah, but St- <laughs> Starro was great. I thought it was like, that's freaking Starro the Sparks? Conqueror.
1: Uh, I, I love that. I love that. There were some votes for Starro, but this is our only category that ended in a tie. And not ooh, only did ooh. it end in a tie, it ended in a three-way tie. What? Yes. Uh, I really thought it would break at some point. I kept getting, like, some votes trickling in, and it still just maintained a three-way oh, tie. Beautiful. Uh, it is a three-way tie. So our winner is Catwoman mm-hmm. from The Batman, also Vigilante from Peacemaker, and also The Mandarin from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Wow. All three of them. Huh with eight votes each.
3: Yo, man, those are some good characters, if I do say so myself. They are. It's true.
1: Uh, Really great, really impressed with that. <laughs> there um, can only be one. Is, it is our only tie. Everything else, even if it was close, managed to edge out by one. Um, nice. Best Duo is our next category, and our mm-hmm. nominees are Kate Bishop and Yelena Belova from Hawkeye, Loki and Morbius from Loki, Batman and Jim Gordon from The Batman. Peacemaker and Vigilante from Peacemaker and Vi and Caitlin from Arcane. Uh, I voted for Kate Bishop and Yelena
3: Belova from Hawkeye for sure. I definitely Mm -hmm. did.
4: I love them so much I
1: can't wait for more of them. (laughs) I'm a sucker for it.
3: I I was going to pick them but uh, I ended up picking Peacemaker and Vigilante because they had more screen time together. If there was equal screen time, I probably would have put Yelena Elena, because she's great. Uh, but just I love, I love that, I love the, the I love those two dummies. I love them. Uh, I almost did Vi and Caitlyn because of my love for
2: Arcane, uh, but I did Batman and Jim Gordon only for the line, only because I kept remembering like, you gotta get out of here, man. Oh
3: my God, <laughs> so the funny. way the way he says man all the time, I love it. A- after I saw the Batman uh, a second
1: time. It was really hard. Uh, I got I got very close to picking Batman Jim Gordon. I love them so much. I think I think in our review, I don't think we gave quite as much credit as we should have to Jeffrey Wright's Gordon. I think he is actually holding that movie together kind of well. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we go, we got some people in the chat. We got Armita plus sixteen saying uh, I vote Vigilante. Oh a- wait,
1: we're not doing that was not, that, that was for the previous category. do right, don't all right. don't
0: do all the
2: don't do all of them. Uh, and Pi, I'm happier here. Don't call out your vote. <laughs>
0: It's, the voting is done. <laughs> okay. All right. So um uh, yeah, I I I'm the outlier. I picked uh Morbius and Loki. I or uh, Mobius. Mobius Mobius. and Loki. <laughs> Mobius and Loki. Dr. Yeah. Michael Morbius. <laughs> damn, you, damn you, Jared Leto. Yeah, so I picked Loki uh, Loki and Mobius. Um I just love um the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Tom and uh, Tom Hiddleston. I also said Tom Holland, Tom Hiddleston on screen, just like to see their relationship grow, grow from like both of them like hating each, or like Loki hating into his guts, to him be, becoming one of his best friends by the end of it, and actually caring for him, I thought it was like it was really great. And I just, and there are times where you know you're watching YouTube, some of the clips from the Disney Plus shows come up as ads. I actually tend to watch the uh, Loki and Mobius one quite a bit just because I like how Mobius talks. I was like, I'm Mobius by the way, and just you just see. I love, I love the, jet skis. The beginning of a beautiful friendship.
1: Uh, Our winner for this category is Kate Bishop and
3: Yelena Belova from Hawkeye.
2: Congratulations. (laughs) Hi. Congratulations, Kate and Yelena. I hope Uh, you have a happy future.
3: Best of friends. Me too.
1: Uh, Best Reveal is our next category. The nominees are He Who Remains in Loki, uh, Omni-Man Kills the Guardians of the Globe for Invincible.
4: Mm -hmm. Wilson
1: Fisk the Kingpin from Hawkeye Vanessa, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man No Way Home Myrn is a Butterfly from Peacemaker and Starscream Mm. learns about Unicron from Transformers War for Cybertron Crazy Which I have to be honest with you I almost gave it to the Transformers one when I really thought about it Wow but um, I did end up giving it to He Who Remains from Loki, because when that elevator opened and Jonathan Majors was
3: there, I lost my shit. Um, so I, that's where I landed. I also picked He Who Remains, and I was on the same couch as you, yeah. going, I can't believe they did it. Uh, yeah, that's MCU is going to be hard to top that reveal for me.
1: I think I think part of what instigated me like really wanted to go for that is because it wasn't just like an end of the episode kind of thing. It was like you got him in the elevator and then he was there for the whole rest of the time. So mm-hmm. important, I. The effect was massive. And the future, yeah.
2: I picked Starscream learns about Unicron. <laughs> so I wanted to give that moment some love, um, because I think that is an incredible. Show changing reveal, um, that was just like we talked about on the War for Cybertron, uh, uh, a special we did for Animation Station. But like when Unicron, when he sees Unicron and he realizes that he is worthless, that he has no purpose in in in, in life, and he was like, "In order for us to beat Unicron, we need to befriend, we need to befriend the Autobots." We, this thing is coming, and then like Megatron, the there's one big difference between you and me, Megatron. I can fly and pushes yeah. off. Oh, baby, so yeah. good!
1: Uh, it's it's a pretty incredible moment. I was very tempted up to you nominating that. I was all I was honestly pretty confident I was going to give it to Mern as a butterfly. Yeah, because uh, I was so touch That was a
3: good ending of an episode.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe the basic answer, but I don't care. Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire. I, don't, I don't care. That moment had me jumping for joy. Well, not physically, but. We knew it was coming, and the way the film did it was such a good. Uh, well, it was it wasn't ham-fisted, It was such a good reveal, and it wasn't like immediate. You see Andrew Garfield, then immediately Toby McGuire. You see Andrew Garfield; he has a few minutes of solo screen time. Then Toby McGuire comes in.
3: He and, just like walks in, like "Hi, I'm I'm a, guy, I'm a guy."
0: Yeah, and then you see the connection of like the two Peters, and it's like, "Oh, you're Peter Parker. I'm also Peter Parker." It, it was so good. So I had to give it to Toby and Andrew. And the winner, Sparks.
1: The winner is Andrew Garfield and Toby McGuire for Spider-Man. No, no way home. And it one. was
3: it was not close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a popular vote. I get it. Yeah. It's also also a great moment as well. So you know, can't get mad yeah. at it. Um,
1: all all the nominees are pretty great. Uh, yeah. best live action action scene. The nominees are. Barry enters the Speed Force. Zack Snyder... The number
3: one fan moment at the Oscars. Uh,
1: <laughs> the Batman car chase from the Batman. This
3: guy's crazy.
1: The bus scene from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Godzilla versus Kong in Hong Kong from Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. And the Spider-Man fighting the villains at the Statue of Liberty from Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, my vote actually ended up going to Godzilla versus Kong in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, I really dig that action scene. I revisited just that action scene to see if I really felt that way about it. I revisited, I actually ended up revisiting all of these um, in just their moments, uh, even because I saw the Batman again and I, I had to give it to Godzilla versus Kong. I was like, man, that's, that is some incredible, incredible fight stuff with Kaiju. I gotta
3: say. Uh, This is one of the hardest categories for me except for the bus scene by shang chi i like that scene but like i all of these other scenes i like i think they're all great like i think the 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 speed force scene in justice league is incredible like i i truly love that moment it is one of my favorite moments in a superhero movie uh uh the Godzilla kong fight is incredible you could see all the action like i have a lot of problems with that movie but boy howdy they know how to shoot that movie um i picked spider-man fight uh because uh seeing them show up is one thing having them fight together and like swing off of each other and like villains, like dealing with uh, each other's villains and stuff like that is true comic book pop fun. So I picked Spider Man. Yeah.
2: I was very close to picking the Batman car chase. I love that say sequence. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I went for Godzilla versus Kong in Hong Kong. The choreography of that sequence is really good. The ridiculousness of it, the way it's shot. When the guy comes out of the out of the, when the guys come out of the out of the sinkhole or whatever, and they like zo- do the ride around Godzilla and Kong, the axe,
3: bro. The Mwah. I don't think it's I don't even know if it's the same scene. But when Godzilla does a roar down to summon yeah. Kong up, yeah, that's
2: just before. Yeah,
3: that's still one of the sickest things I've ever seen in a movie. Like, come at me. And I I, mm, I really like that. I like that
2: movie. I like that. I like that moment a lot. Okay. That
0: moment makes the movie. So I had to go there.
4: Yeah.
1: Ben,
0: I was this close to put Spider Man, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "What just made me just like that was so good? It was so well done." Godzilla versus Kong,
4: yeah, just
0: goddamn. I mean, it was the to me that. I, it was a short sequence, but to me that bit was everything I remember as a little kid. I got the old Universal movie that they made. I know it was made in the 60s, so it could never be that good. But to me, that was what I wanted as a child, and it was amazing. Real but, quickly,
2: it, that movie has Godzilla charge
0: an axe with his, with that Kong is holding. That's brilliant. It does. It, anyway. really, it really does. You also get the reference to the eat your vegetables meme, but at the same time... Huh the same time to me i mean yeah Mm -hmm. godzilla's just blasting into hong kong to summon kong is like come at me bro and when he finally gets Kong down and just roars in his face it's like you stay down i was like this is so freaking rad i like the
2: movie a lot
1: okay the winner i love so much that that you guys had that passion for it that passion was not shared um the winner is i honestly was surprised it was this of all things it was the bus scene from yeah. and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and it was not close. Wow! Is, it is Over a good, overwhelmingly scene. large like, vote.
4: Wow! Okay, that's, that's, that's a
2: good, good. That's I, I like that scene quite a bit. But you know what? Movies, mean,
1: yeah. You know what's cool is it means that like the physical stunt action stuck in people's minds more than all the rest of it. Yeah, that's good. and that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, we will move on now to the next category, which is best cliffhanger moment. The nominees are Kang's statue from Loki. Mm. John Walker decapitates a flag smasher from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was Agatha all along WandaVision. Arrival of the Chroma Conclave Legend of Vox Machina. And the Arcane finale from Arcane. And I have to be honest, this was one of the ones where I knew at the moment that we picked out the nominees. It's John Walker decapitates a flag smasher for me mm. there is there is little that left me like yeah kind of sitting there stuck wondering what the hell is going to happen now and not expecting that ending not expecting what that being the way we were going to go forward in falcon and Winter soldier there's not a ton of praise that i usually throw around in that show but the moment when he pulls that shield up with the mm. blood on it Holy crap. That's an MCU iconic moment to be honest. Uh in, no a, in a like ooh, oh no way but like incredible.
3: That's that is a good point and I didn't I didn't give it enough credit because I was thinking of the entire show and what happens afterwards is being less impressive sure. than the scene itself. Uh I did pick Kang statue because much like the finale of that show, it's like holy shit like he just won whatever bat, like, Evil King just won. What does this mean for the future? And I'm like, that's the end of the show. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's, like, the future is exciting. So I I picked that. But, like, yours, you, you give me a run for my money of wanting to pick that, though. That is, I forgot how, like, impactful that was.
2: It's yeah. interesting that so far all of these have been the TV shows from the MC from last year. I picked it was Agatha all along.
3: That's a good one, too. Yeah.
2: Um, Because that was something that we really like we're we're talking about like it's got to be agatha she's got to be agatha this is and up until that point like having the reveal at least so we thought was that we were we were right it was agatha she's responsible for all of this whether or not what what they did with it after that's debatable but like that moment like got me super hyped for wandavision more hyped than i was ever for wandavision
3: yeah and i killed the dog
1: too before we go to Ben's vote you you bring up a good point that I kind of wanted to acknowledge what I really appreciate about us getting to do these fake nerd awards and why we'll want to continue it going forward is it gives us a moment to like put some spotlights on things we talked about in the year that didn't go to our top 10 because our top 10 was much more vast than what we consumed related to the podcast mm-hmm. and because of that we're actually acknowledging some of the positives of the MCU
3: Disney plus shows which were totally snubbed by all of our top tens because mm-hmm. <laughs> like overall like I like I don't think these shows are top 10 worthy maybe but there are certainly top 10 worthy moments for sure yeah,
4: yeah. if
2: i were to do another moment series yeah,
0: yeah.
4: uh
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. um i mean when i nominated it and you accepted it and we agreed upon it because my nomination was for Chrome Connolly at the end of mox machina because that's when the dragons show up and if you listen to the podcast you know what happens and it's like oh my god dragons are here this is so great but that's not but the more i thought about it that's not what i voted for as a great moment as it is the one thing that truly just blew my mind was agatha all along and that's what i voted for because the whole time when we were watching the show we were like it's got it's she's something's wrong with her and if i might be misremembering but i do remember the scene the halloween episode where she's talking to vision and she's like you're dead 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 and she's constantly going like okay so it's not her she's part of the play mm-hmm. And then when it's, you you see the 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 dungeon and her, her like in the song goes in, how we were humming that song for weeks. I'm it singing was it right all now on iTunes. Yeah. Made a lot it was yeah. So for me, yeah, we were all hyped. We were all like, I cannot wait to see the next episode of Wandavision.
1: Well, wow, because
0: All along. Which one?
1: The winner is it was Agatha all along. Wow. wow.
0: Yeah, uh, I really love.
2: I really love uh, Pi's comment. Pi's latest comment said, uh, "But guessing Arcane one, uh, <laughs> Pi. Only two people in the world saw Arcane, and you're looking at two of them. Um, <laughs> That's not true.
1: Arcane's much more popular. <laughs> no, I that. know, but like I would, yeah.
2: the joke was in our circle. Unfortunately, yeah. Sparks and I, you are the only. We are the only two who watched it. Yeah.
1: I do.
4: Yeah."
0: Okay, love you guys I was, go no, I was gonna say that i I do appreciate Pi uh not talking about Chroma Conclave too, so I'm like, oh yeah, someone else saw
4: it yeah okay uh,
1: the, the arcane finale was really good it 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 almost got it for me. um it definitely was was tough yeah uh our next category is best line. um our nominees are you, dad, I'd still have you from Invincible. uh what is grief if not love persevering? From WandaVision. If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Peacemaker, what a joke. The Suicide Squad.
0: Eddie, I apologize (laughs) that I can't bend the heart. Emotional pain,
1: it hits much deeper, it lasts much longer. Venom, let there be carnage. Oh, I was not
2: expecting that.
1: (laughs) Uh, I. Uh, revisiting the line uh, you dad I'd still have you uh, at this moment in my life the impact of that felt harder um, Mm -hmm. from the end of Invincible uh... so I had to give it to you dad I'd still have you that was my vote
3: I I I also picked you dad i still have you really really powerful shit good shit
2: I, I picked Peacemaker what a joke um it it is a it is a line that spawned an incredible series um i i had to go for it
4: it's
0: a good line i picked what is grief but love persevering from wandavision because that moment was such a it was i mean yes it was not to take away from the other moments but it was also a very powerful moment and a good look into wanda's character of how she was super close to pietro and when the line was said in her life so to me that line is is when I think about that line, I also think about Mewtwo's line from Pokemon movies, like, man, this is some influ- this is some influential shit spoken by fictional characters that a lot of people just brush off, it's like, yo. <laughs> Mewtwo, Mewtwo and Vision me. are,
3: two, are two scholars. <laughs>
2: uh, so I pray to the gods of Mewtwo and Vision. Yeah,
4: like
1: <laughs> the winner is, by a lot, what is grief,
4: if uh, not love, yeah. persevering. It's a hot line.
1: Vision. It's a
4: good line. Yeah, it is.
0: All these lines are good.
1: They're all good. Um, we'll we'll go on to the next category. Yeah. Uh, best animated action scene: Omni Man versus Mark, Invincible. The final battle: Mitchells versus the Machines. The car chase: Lupin the Third, the First. The Watcher versus Ultron: What if? And Echo versus Jinx: Arcane. I knew going into this one, this probably wasn't going to get it, but I firmly believe it should. Uh, I voted for Echo versus Jinx from Arcane. It is, that is an incredible animated show. That is bar none my favorite part of that show because of the animation of it. It is incredible. And it's tied with a great needle drop. I just like, uh, favorite moment of the show, to be honest. Um, Echo versus Jinx, I think about it all the time. That was me.
3: Right. I picked Omni-Man versus Mark because uh, it's not just a great fight. It also includes like a great line that we talked about. uh, But it shows that like, we can have adult animation that is truly like brutal. Like brutal. Like put your face in front of a train and kill like hundreds of people brutal. Uh, And this is his dad doing it to his son. And I'm like, wow, man, we really made it to like the point where we can just like make this shit. And it's like, it's like emotional and it's like physically like, demanding and like it's so much that's happening so like i, I picked that because it's it's a big fight inside and out
4: yeah
2: really wanted to give it to the mitchells versus the machines because i really like that yeah that fight but it went to echo versus jinx for me yeah is that that fight team i hope that wins so good oh i love that show
0: i know i haven't seen arcane i probably would change my mind when the second i do but my vote yep. went to the ultron versus watcher that's just it's a good fight that,
4: that um, was such a cool fight
0: that was such a cool fight and just to see ultron like he was just wrecking other people's shit and just, there's a bit where he punches where like someone's punching someone and like universes are changing around him it's exactly awesome. i'm like man this like visually it was a treat for the eyes and just going through different multiverses i was like yeah. man this is great so i had to give it to ultron versus uh the watcher and it's, the winner is
1: that is a solid scene and uh, our, i do not think our pool of voters enough of them saw arcane um, mm-hmm. because that is not our winner but apparently quite a large pool of them have seen the winner which is the final battle mitchells versus the machine hey! I'm
2: not sad about that
1: there you go pretty pretty cool pretty impressive got that rihanna song you. in it i yeah, really like
2: that good. i like that movie a whole lot
4: uh,
1: <laughs> our next category is best needle drop Hmm. The nominees are Sweet Sweet Fantasy, Free Guy, Go Ask Alice, The Matrix Resurrections, Do You Want to Taste It, Peacemaker, I Ain't Got No Body, The Suicide Squad. For those who might not remember, this is Harley's breakout scene. Nothing else matters. Jungle Cruise.
3: <laughs> I can't believe you put this on here. I mean,
1: it was too shocking of a moment. Like, I, I was like, this will not win, but it is, it has to be acknowledged. It I remember being in the theaters. I will nominate.
3: I being in the theaters when it was happening. So I'm like, I get it. It's, it's yeah. funny.
0: Wasn't I sitting next to you, Ryan, when that needle drop yeah. happened? Yeah,
3: oh yeah, we, we, we talked to each other. Oh, and yeah. everybody's
1: like, what's happening right is this now? Good. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> uh, <that hysterical? laughs> and our last nominee for this category is something in the way the Batman uh i gave it to do you want to taste it uh peacemaker because not only is it an incredible intro song and a great jam and it revived a career and it's awesome to watch and i never skip that intro but they also play by anime rules and it's also in the final action scene of the finale and that puts it over for me baby
3: yes if i also picked do you want to taste it if it wasn't in the final action scene anime as you said then it probably wouldn't have won but like they turned it straight up to the anime final boss action moment i'm like oh yeah i want to taste it and then it was a great action scene lots of lots of machete fights good stuff
2: only because i knew it wasn't gonna win i picked nothing else matters from <laughs> Cruz. that's not how these work
3: i, I just wanted you. to give it some love
2: sure I really like that moment. I think it's really, really weird and dumb. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, I really love how hard they're just like, yeah, you know, the rock is Spanish and Metallica is playing and like, it's going to be, we're going
1: to have a good time. Uh, of of all of these, the one that got the closest to touching Peacemaker because I love that montage so much was Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, The I, last Alice moment is so good.
2: There's a lot, there's a lot that I almost did, but I was just like, I'm just going to give it some love. I'm just going to give Jungle Cruise some love. The one
0: Jungle Cruise love that we'll have on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Works, um, so ben. you guys, yeah, you got two of you guys already mentioned this, but uh, I also picked Do You Want to Taste it because I am also a sucker for when, because of anime, like there's a, a part during Gundam Build Fighters where the main theme song plays are in the final fight scene and I was hyped. When I was watching that anime, and then when you hear the do you really want do you really want to taste it? When they go to fight, I was like, Oh hell yeah, this is great. Yeah. So yeah, I, I voted for it, Do You Wanna Taste It. And also I've been listening to that song quite a bit, and uh it's a great song. And the winner is watch. the winner is
1: the winner is Do You Wanna Taste It? Yeah. Peacemaker. It was not close. <laughs> Thank
3: God. Oh, oh darn it. <laughs> Sorry, Metallica, oh, dag- not this year.
0: <laughs> oh Dag Nabbit.
1: All right, yeah, real, real, real unsurprised, but very pleased.
0: Was Brandon the only vote for Jungle Cruise?
1: No, one other person voted for it. Okay, um, we'll move on to the next category, which is Best Cameo. The nominees are Isaiah Bradley, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Thanos, What If T'Challa Became a Star Lord, Matt Murdock, Spider Man, No Way Home, Old Loki. Loki and the Justice League Peacemaker. Um, I gave it some real thought, and I really, really like Carl Lumley's performance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and his presence in the show, I think, is pivotal to what is great about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I gave it to Isaiah Bradley, Falcon and the Winter
3: Soldier. Nice, nice. I gave it to the Justice League Peacemaker. I realize how much I love Peacemaker because it's everything it's been nominated for. Like, I've chose it but um the reason i picked it because all of these other characters are appearing this can sound weird are appearing in the shows as they are as their characters you know like daredevil showing up as daredevil right the justice league is showing up not as the pg-13 movie that everyone knows it's showing up in a rated r peacemaker show where they can swear and get made fun of and be characters that they haven't been able to really be even if it's for a little bit but you know seeing those characters swear and like like be jovial with each other is something we've never seen and it's happened because of Peacemaker. So I picked I picked that scene because it's like the closest I've ever felt to the Justice League being a team. <laughs> you
1: know? to, to your point, and what was close for me, Thanos is appearing as a good dad in the T'Challa episode, which is not <laughs> how he usually is.
3: That's true. That but I, true. Get you,
1: I get you on Justice League and Peacemaker. It is a pretty incredible cameo.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm stupid. I was, I wasn't even. I was mixing up episodes. I for some reason. No, yeah, yeah. No, that is T'Challa was a good. Uh, Thanos was a good dad. That is a good, very good point. Yes, yes, yes. I think It's animated,
4: so I just didn't think about
2: it. I picked Old Loki from Loki. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard Grant is incredible in that role. Um, uh, I love everything where he's just like he's just so sick of Loki. Mm-hmm. He's just so sick of it, and I'm just like and his kind of like you know what's all we do we just we just betray each other and what's the purpose what's the point and his like when it goes to like the heartfeltness of how he missed his brother um all the way to just glorious purpose mm. yeah. i I go back to richard grant as as
0: old loki all the time i for sure love that role It's very good I feel bad because i brought him up in these conversations and i didn't vote for him <laughs>
4: him being richard
0: grant as old loki um Uh, instead i i voted for matt murdoch i don't know if that's that's pretty good okay the reason why i voted for matt murdoch over o loki because i loved o loki and richard grant in that episode but the thing is matt murdoch was just to me was validation because it confirms Mm -hmm. that he's in the mcu they're not dancing around it anymore there's like it's like here you are shut up he's there Along with Wilson Fisk in a uh, um Hawkeye in Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good two weeks. Yeah, so seeing Murdoch's cane and him catching it and going, I'm a really good lawyer, just being that, you know, that little sassy Matt Murdoch, I was like, Hells yes. That's what I wanted to see. And to me, that's the best one. Sparks and the winner is? The winner
1: is by a lot. Matt Murdock, Spider-Man No Way Home, which I have to say, I'm really happy to see that many votes go to it because I'm like, there are that many people that are really happy for Daredevil to be canon. Yes, and that's that,
3: awesome. is, that is mm-hmm. the point there. That people care about Daredevil, which is good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, really great. Our next category is Best Costume Design, and I'm going to stop for a moment before I announce the nominees and say that Ryan did write into me Dune, which would have been for Jacqueline West and Bob Morgan, but we did not nominate Dune. As much as Ryan felt that we should have. Uh, (laughs) Instead, we have Michael Crow for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Sammy Sheldon for The Eternals. Jacqueline Duran for The Batman. Cappy Ireland for Mortal Kombat. And Judiana Makovsky for The Suicide Squad. Uh, I voted for The Batman. Um, I, I just, I really liked the batman costume the design of it i i was all the more impressed with it when i was really looking at it a lot in the second showing so i i went with the batman
3: nice i voted for dune because i can't believe this isn't on the list you guys are effing ridiculous uh but i actually chose mortal Kombat. um I don't even think it's maybe the best one on this list, but I think some of those designs are real sick, and nobody cares about Mortal Kombat. So that's that's, that's that one for me. It's like, yo, man, those Sub Zero and Scorpion designs are hella good.
4: Yeah,
2: they are. they are. It almost went to Mortal Kombat for me as well, um, because of, of Scorpion and Sub Zero. But I really like Captain America's suit. How they transferred that from the comics, it looks perfect. Oh, yeah. uh, Sam Wilson comes through that window. And it's gorgeous and that that clinched the win for me
0: so i, I picked Who went *The soldier
3: movie so bad i want that next movie so bad
0: me too i almost i also almost put down moral combat but then i thought about it and i liked the the to me the costumes and how many costumes there were in suicide squad i picked suicide squad there's mm. some don't get wrong moral combat has great designs but there was a lot of really good practical concepts in suicide squad and i'm like it has to go to suicide squad for me sparks winner
1: The winner is Jacqueline Duran, the Batman. That's good. All right.
2: That's a very good costume. Yeah. Great costume
1: costume design. Awesome. (laughs) Really happy for them.
4: (laughs) Uh,
1: Our next category is Best Supporting Actor. The nominees are Willem Dafoe, Spider-Man No Way Home. Sir Ben Kingsley, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Freddie Stroma, Peacemaker. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man No Way Home. And Colin Farrell, the Batman.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: I voted for Andrew Garfield. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he's exceptional most of the time, but especially there, I I feel so much raw emotion from him in that film. And I I always love that. Um, So I I definitely went with Andrew Garfield
3: pretty quickly.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I, in a similar vein, but oppositely, I picked Willem Dafoe. Because... Like an Andrew Garfield, that is someone who puts his whole butt into a performance. And boy howdy, that dude is just chewing that scenery. Oh my god, he's having so much fun. He's getting punched to death and he's laughing about it. Like, man, that dude is is having so much fun. Uh it, it just like makes me think of like I there's there's no way it would make sense, but like I just want him to be the green goblin. Like I just want him to continue somehow make it work. He's so he's the he's the green goblin that I want after seeing this movie again. Like I love No Way Home. No Way Home. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. I love No Way Home so much, uh, and it's mostly from Alim Defoe because uh, that dude just brings it. Right. Uh, I picked Andrew Garfield because if he can't win an Oscar,
2: he
0: can win a fakie. There you go. Fake-y. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, all I have to say is this: I'm something of a scientist myself. Ben gets oh good! It's, it's Willem Defoe for Andrew Garfield's great. They're all great, but They're all great. Will,
2: you know what? You yeah. know what? I want to add something because you talked about how like Matt Murdock felt like validation. Andrew Garfield felt like validation for me. Like, that's, yes, he that's was good. a great Spider-Man.
0: He was a great Spider-Man. I because I always
2: I I don't I don't I didn't care for for I mean the back half of Spider-Man too, but I always thought he was an incredible Spider-Man that I wish mm-hmm. got so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh agree. I I would have to echo that sense of validation which uh is why I went that way. And the winner is beating Willem Dafoe by a single vote, Andrew Garfield. Wow. Rating.
3: i ain't mad about it. Congratulations
2: Andrew it. Garfield. You won something finally. You did it.
3: <laughs> we
1: gave it to you. Our next category is best story idea. Um the nominees for this are AC Bradley for What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands uh, from What If Christian Link and Alex Yee for the entire season of Arcane Mike Rianda and Jeff Rowe for Mitchells vs. the Machines Brian Duffield for Love and Monsters Lana Wachowski, David Mitchell and Alexander Heman for The Matrix Resurrections
2: uh, Real quickly before you continue uh, Sam Sullivan has a comment that I think we should bring up <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay sure okay i'm just you making sure because i know you say you're gonna do it you do time. the thing
3: did you say whole butt because andrew had a butt pad no <laughs> but that that makes it extra juicy I, now i
2: don't believe he was the one with the butt pad i don't believe it was it him. Wasn't tom holland i uh, it might have been tom holland i andrew garfield has it, we've seen it it's a glorious butt
1: uh we've had a lot of great great comments um but uh for these nominees my vote did go to what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands mm. um i was just i was just really happy with that story as an idea which it kind of surprised me that that's where i landed but it is where i landed on it
3: that is one of the definitely one of the better what if episodes i picked the matrix because what do you do after you make a trilogy and you have to come back and like make a movie you don't want to make you make a movie about not wanting to do the things you have to make uh, and like the boldness, and like just being allowed to make that movie, like I give Warner Brothers credit. Uh, so yeah, I pick I pick The Matrix Four colon revolutions, resurrections. I, I love
2: I, it. I was really close to picking The Matrix Re- uh, Resurrections because of how much I loved it. Um, I was I realized that I was torn because Mitchell's versus the machines and The Matrix Resurrections have very similar themes about self identity mm-hmm. um, that I really res- I really resonated t- uh, towards. So, like, I was trying to pick between two stories that are about love and about self identity and about loving yourself. And so I was like, okay, um, what do I do? Ultimately, Mitchell versus the Machines clinched the win for me because of how much I love that movie.
3: Clinched it.
0: Epic Love and Monsters. Yeah, Yeah, no one one talks about yeah i I picked it because it was different it's like hey i yeah it's like you have um you have those stories where it's like okay here's a boy who falls love with a girl she lives hundreds of miles or maybe thousands of miles away and he has to trek all the way from one end of from the country to the other to go see her but the fact that like yo in this one though there's like giant monsters roaming the world and you gotta be very careful about it which Cranks it up to eleven. It's not just like, oh, I don't have enough money to make the train, or I have to do these odd jobs in this in this podunk city. No, you got to make sure you don't die from getting eaten by a giant toad. And I think that's yeah. great. I like the movie a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the winner is.
1: Uh, the winner is AC Bradley. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? What? Jolly if? guys. Nice. Um, and we'll go on. The next category is. Best new MCU character. The nominees are Yelena Belova, Kate Bishop, Shang Chi, Echo, and Sylvie. Uh, My vote went to my girl Yelena. (laughs) Couldn't help myself. (laughs) I thought I could, I thought I'd analyze it with uh, less of my, my full self put into it and go what what's really great about this and I went Florence Pew Florence Pew's really great about this. It's Yelena Belova for me.
3: Nice. It, it this this was really hard because it was either going to be Kate Bishop or Yelena for me. Mm-hmm. Uh and I really struggled and I I highlighted Yelena sparks and then I erased it and I put Kate Bishop and I sent it to you. And I don't think that might have been the right answer because the more I think about it the more <laughs> I think. If if I pick Yelena, is that going to change it at all? No, okay. Then I'm changing it. I am picking Elena because I'm just thinking about her eat macaroni. I'm like, no, yeah, I like her a lot. <laughs>
2: uh, I picked Kate Bishop. I okay. love Hayley
3: Seinfeld. I really like Kate Bishop. I um,
2: like her too. Uh, she was my she was my favorite my favorite new inclusion to the MCU last year by far.
3: She's really great.
0: I think Shang Chi. I like How him a lot. dare you! <laughs> <laughs>
3: like a man, of course. I
0: had a really fun time with his movie. I really like his character and I really like how he was like, yo, I don't want to do this. I'm gonna just live I'm just gonna live a quiet or semi-quiet life in San Francisco chilling car. with Aquafina and singing karaoke while I should be asleep.
1: The winner is Yelena Balova. Nice.
3: Yeah, I had a feeling. It's very Why good poser? Don't be such a poser. She 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 took the world by storm did did you see that that was really cool she's her fake accent i love her fake russian accent so much
0: there's so many pockets yeah it's like don't worry kate bishop's like are you just saying that just because you know everything about me he's like kind of yeah
1: (laughs) all right our next category is best makeup and hairstyling the nominees are nadia stacy naomi don and julia vernon for cruella Laurie McCoy-Bell, Eleanor Sabaduica, and Tim Hujang for Malignant. Naomi Don, Michael Marino, and Nikita Ray for The Batman. Alan Cook and Nicole Rodriguez for PG Psycho Gorman. Crystal Gomez and Sabrina Wilson for The Book of Boba Fett. Um, mine went to Malignant for this one, um, even though I really like Cruella uh i wanted i wanted to give malignant some praise because i i really love what they did with malignant so yeah it was malignant for me i knew uh, i was fighting an uphill battle
3: so uh after Corella won an oscar i was like it doesn't need my help so i also picked malignant because gabriel is just a wonderful little dude and i just love his stupid face coming out of the back of her head oh i love it throw some more chairs please it's
2: time to cut out the cancer.
4: Yeah,
2: I picked malignant too because yeah. I very much like malignant. Yeah. PG Psycho Gorman almost got it for me because of how cool the a lot of the prosthetic work is there. Me too. But like the the face coming out of the skull and the, when we see the prosthetic with the little hand, oh,
0: mm mm mm, mm.
3: Ben loved malignant.
0: Uh, well actually i wasn't super hot on this movie when we reviewed it but i gave it the but i gave it my vote because the makeup was amazing and it was psycho gorman yeah, uh,
4: uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. yeah
0: I, I wasn't you guys know i wasn't super hot on that movie i wasn't like that movie didn't really grab me but i cannot deny how great the prosthetic work was on that entire movie every <laughs> single creature and alien that we saw looked gorgeous mm-hmm. and i'm like I mean, yeah, the story might not get, do it, but that makeup teen tip of the hat to that. I them. just think
3: of like the line where she's like, "We we have to like look out for like hunky boys." He's like, "I do not like hunky boys." <laughs> or do God. I? I want oh,
1: to watch that movie again.
3: Yeah.
4: Um,
1: I'm really glad we all went for underdogs. The popular vote took over. It is uh, the winner is Nadia, Stacy, Naomi Dunn, and Julia Vernon for Cruella. Yeah,
3: that's good. Oscar-winning yeah. Cruella. It deserves it.
0: It looked hey, those costumes are great. I mean, okay. Well, everyone who
2: everyone who voted and who watches this, go watch Malignant and then come back no, to us so we can change your vote. Watch no, it with your
1: kids too. Knowing, knowing, after the Oscars had happened and when we were picking our nominees, knowing Cruella had won, maybe we should have just taken it out of the <laughs> um, But because it like steamrolled. Um, yeah. All right, we're gonna move on. The next one is Best Supporting Actress. Danielle Brooks for Peacemaker, Monger Zhang for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Florence Pugh, Hawkeye, Jennifer Holland, Peacemaker, and Jessica Henwick, The Matrix Resurrections. Um, I knew that with Florence Pugh on this list, this was going to be hard, but I gave it to Danielle Brooks for Autobio and Peacemaker because I adore her. I Adore her so much in Peacemaker. Um, I I needed to give it to her. I I just I love her and I love everything
3: she does in the show. So that's my vote. We'll strike out two for Adabayo because I also picked Danielle Brooks. Uh, I honestly I these are all really good. These are all really good contenders. I was honestly going back and forth between both of the Peacemaker cast because I think these yeah. are both really excellent characters with good arcs. But I think Danielle Brooks did a little more. Uh, not not more, but like she was I think she was exploring more. And she was like, she's not she wasn't as hard dealing with a hard situation. Uh, and I just think of that scene where, like she's supposed to shoot a guy uh, and and uh, Harcourt shoots him, and she's like, that's so, she she plays like vulnerable really, really well. Uh, uh, and like the the growth of her and Chris as characters like, yeah, I picked Daniel Bros, yeah,
2: I almost picked any one of these people. It was it, I went back and forth for all of them. But ultimately, I figured that because I went to bat for her so hard, we were we were nominated again. Yeah, Jessica Henwick from the Matrix Resurrections. Mm-hmm.
1: I I love her too. She's great.
2: I really like her role well, in that movie. I think she's really good. Uh, I I really like that character. So I I I really fought for the nomination. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for you, Jessica Henwick.
1: I there was a part of me that like. I, I wish the competition wasn't so stiff because I really wanted to support Manga or because I don't think her performance gets talked about enough as Shang Li, Shang-Chi's sister. Mm. Uh, and, and I thought she was so good, um, but it, it truly needed to be Autobio for me.
4: Yeah.
0: Damn it, now that you guys reminded me about Autobio, I should have picked Autobio. But I'm going to stay with okay. my gut. I, I mean, Autobio was so good. But at the same time, Sparks is right because my vote went to uh, Meng'er Zhang from uh, Shang Chi. Nice, because she was also so good. Mm-hmm. And you're right; she doesn't get a lot of love um, from the movie. When you talk about the characters, it's mostly Shang Chi, um, Aquafina's character, whose name I forget, and of course Ben Kingsley, or sort of Ben Kingsley.
3: Uh, ben, it's Marvel's Katie, because you can buy her action figure, and her. It's called Marvel's Katie. That's who she is. Oh. First name I'm... Marvels, last name Katie.
1: Ben, I'm really glad you stuck to your guns and went yeah. for that vote because she almost got it. It was close. Good. She was she was three away, but Aww. she was the closest. But the winner is Florence Pugh, Hawkeye. I <laughs> should have see seen that. coming for sure. that <laughs> coming. Yeah. Stiff, stiff competition on that one.
4: Mm-hmm. I can't get mad at Florence Pugh.
1: Um, best finale is our next category. The nominees are Loki. Spider-Man, No Way Home, Invincible, The Matrix Resurrections, and No Time to Die. Spoilers. Uh, mine went to The Matrix Resurrections. Um, purely in like closure of the story, of the universe, of those two characters in particular. But honestly, at the end of the day, I think about the ending shot of that movie all the time. I want a painting of it. Like, I love that finale so much for what it gives me in conclusion to the entire Matrix story, to the love story of those characters, and the way it makes me feel <laughs> that I love all these nominees. I had to give it to the Matrix Resurrections.
4: Right.
3: Ditto, Matrix Resurrections. These. This was a tough one, because, like, Loki is one of the few MCU shows where I, like, I love the finale. And, like, I... I Thoroughly enjoyed it mostly all the way through, um, but I just think of like where The Matrix was at, in like you know, uh, like you know, twenty years later, and like again having to make this movie and the type of movie it is. Like, what a bold finale to be like we're we're gonna we're gonna end it our way, uh, with happiness, uh, and that's and that's beautiful.
2: I'm at a point in my life where uh, that kind of story will resonate with me very well um the fact that i I know like the like the the bad people talk about are very cynical but like i don't think the the movie is trying to be cynical and how much how much it clearly loves the love story between trinity and 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 neo and having that kind of validation that i always thought they were one of the greatest epic love stories of the 20th 21st century um to have that kind of closure for them of them twirling in the sky together being the ones mm,
0: yeah, Matrix smiles, Resurrection. Just smiles on their
2: faces.
0: Yeah, Ugh. Matrix Resurrection took it. Uh, didn't take it for me. Mine went to Spider-Man: No Way Home. Good movie. One of my it, favorite
3: movies of last year. It was
0: yeah. Spider-Man: No Way Home was a great finale of young teenage Peter's arc, going of him going into let's say, for sake of argument, let's say adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um it was a great ending arc you see him still being spider-man despite all the things that's happened despite his friends not remembering who he is he's still out there fighting the good fight to honor his aunt so to me spider-man no way home took it hands down
1: and the winner is the winner is spider-man no way
3: home popular movie popular okay
2: movie. audience we're gonna need to have talk about the matrix resurrections
3: <laughs> Brandon, they have. It's our most popular video. That's <laughs> they true. Know,
1: they know where we're at. It they is. know where it to is. find us on this one. Not, right.
0: I'm not giving Matrix crap. No, great yeah. ending. Great ending. But it, to me, it was more...
1: All, all these yeah. finale choices were yeah. super solid. Oh, honestly. Yeah. Um, our next category is Best Animated Show. The nominees are Invincible. Star Trek Lower Decks arcane legend of vox machina and godzilla singular point y'all know me you know where i'm at on this it's arcane baby
3: it's arcane it's
1: always arcane
3: uh this is the first category where i voted for something that i haven't seen and i voted for arcane (laughs) because i know i know it's the best animated show and i want it to win because it deserves it And, and like all like these are all good shows on this list, but like I know that's the show that like was like everyone talked about. So like it deserves the win. I
2: love Invincible. I love Star Trek Lower Decks. I really love Godzilla Singular Point. But I was reading the nominees with my with my partner, and we and when I got there, it was like it's Arcane. It's, yeah. there's no question it's Arcane.
0: Yeah, yeah, baby. I I just wanted to give it some love because you know me, I love Vox Machina but i didn't vote for it because it's like you know what it's a great show for me but if i had to compare it it invincible was better and to me invincible got my vote and once again i didn't see arcane i didn't see godzilla singer singular point if i saw arcane i'd probably be singing a different tune but to me it was invincible i had to give invincible the vote
1: because of the way voting had gone i was certain invincible was going to run away with this one yeah. But the winner is Arcane! Yes! Arcane is Best Animated Show! Arcane! Yeah, <laughs> baby. Ben, you gotta watch, I'll it. watch it. I'll watch it soon. Yeah, okay? I think you both are gonna really like it. I agree. Um, our next category following in that is Best Live Action Show. Our nominees are Peacemaker, Loki, Sweet Tooth, Hawkeye, and WandaVision peacemaker for sure hands down peacemaker 100 i think that shows amazing peacemaker all the way baby
3: i want to taste it it's peacemaker
1: i was
2: pretty close to saying sweet tooth sweet i really like very good i really like sweet tooth um i thought it was a really strong season but i also did peacemaker
1: i was honestly just glad we nominated
3: it in two categories <laughs> yeah. oh wait ben hasn't seen peacemaker yet has he wait did you watch it i don't remember
0: are you are you being funny right now
3: Oh no, we did the episode on it. I forgot. I don't remember. I really I forgot. I
2: generally I remember. can't remember if he was on that though.
3: No, it's been like because we did the whole season thing. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grayson, yes, you should watch Arcane.
2: <laughs> the answer, yeah. the, the 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 answer to the question, should I watch Arcane? Is always yes. yes.
3: <laughs> the answer to should I is Arcane. Yes. Arcane. <laughs> oh yeah, you binged it. I remember now, Vanya. Yeah, you binged it.
0: Anyways, to answer who I voted for, um, all I got to say is, guys, do you really want to taste it? Yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. Of course, oh, Peacemaker. No. Of course. I feel like if all four of us pick it, it automatically, should win.
1: Uh, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, almost everybody really wants to taste it because the winner is Peacemaker.
2: <laughs> i <Died> a lot. <laughs> there is a god.
4: I'm really glad go. that
1: that many people are loving Peacemaker. Um, so our next good. category is best editing the nominees are william hoy and tyler nelson for the batman fred raskin and christian wagner for the suicide squad kirk maury for malignant greg levitan for mitchell's versus the machines and joe walker for dune oscar winner joe walker yes absolutely like joe walker won the real thing but here we are and uh i gave this one, you know me, I gave this one a lot of thought. Um, And I have to be honest, I think that there's such incredible pacing and working with what the characters are doing, the actors are doing, and the script is doing for the Suicide Squad. So I ended up going with the Suicide Squad out of all of these. And it was hard because I thought all of these had great editing. Um, But it really needed to be the Suicide Squad for me.
3: Um, Dune pilled. I picked Dune. Uh, I just think it's it's perfectly paced for me. Like uh, it is it is a it is a long, uh, kind of boring movie that I am never bored in personally. Uh, I think there's there's tons of like hallucination shots that are like really blended together really well. Um, I just think it's it's a really really well edited movie. Other people agree. Thank
4: you.
3: I
2: did Mitchell's versus the machines.
0: Good, good movie.
2: I really like how that movie's put together. Um, the cut, the cutaways, the sharp editing of it. It's uh, how they incorporated the other animation styles within each frame. Like the 2D painter-esque. I really like that movie. I love that mm-hmm. movie. I've said a lot about that movie.
0: It was Mitchell's versus Machines. I also picked Mitchell's versus Machines. Yes. Yeah. So it's good. Just the way that movie goes. And it's a longer animated film, but you don't feel it you're in it 100% the entire way through. There's no wasted space, there's no wasted scene. I I don't feel I feel and it's just so well made, it's so well done. And the winner?
1: This was almost a four-way tie. Wow. To be honest, it was very very close, but one edged out above the rest, and it was William Hoy and Tyler Nelson for the Batman.
3: Nice. That's a three-hour movie that I've seen three times, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good-paced movie. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm.
1: it's really well done. Uh, everything that wasn't malignant, honestly, they were all keeping neck and neck until the Batman came out on top.
3: Wow. Very cool. Sorry, Gabriel.
1: Um, really awesome. Like, all those movies, uh, incredible editing. That's great. Yeah. Um, our next category is Best Actor. Our nominees are Yaya Abdul Mateen II for Candyman, which I was just really happy to be able to put him on here because I think he deserves to be up here. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: John Cena for Peacemaker. It it feels just nice to say Best Actor nominee John Cena. (laughs) Um, Tom Holland for Spider-Man No Way Home. Robert Pattinson for The Batman. And Keanu Mm -hmm. Reeves for The Matrix Resurrections.
3: Look at all these good actors.
1: Folks, you know me. It's John Cena. The amount of uh, this, this peacemaker gave John Cena so much to eat at the table that I now staunchly believe he is the best wrestler turned actor of all of them. The vulnerability yeah. and comedy and uh depth that he's able to play is incredible, and it's so great to see James Gunn give him this opportunity. I would love to see more of. This kind of capability from John Cena in the future because he clearly has it. I hope more people offer it to him. Uh, just incredible.
3: I also picked John Cena. Um, these are th- this was a good list of people, but I feel like the person who who demonstrated the most of like what they what they could be. Like I I feel like I know what all these other actors are capable of. Peacemaker showed me that John Cena is now one of them. Before, he was kind of like, and this is no disrespect to The Rock, but The Rock, he has become who he is, right? He's playing kind of the same guy in a lot of the things. This was showing me John Cena is an actor. Like, he's truly, this dude's an actor. This dude can cry on cue almost, like, nonstop. Like, this dude's constantly crying. Oh, my God. Too much emotion, John. Uh, he's a great wrestler. Uh, John Cena, I cannot wait to see more him just act more. Like, not even just be an action star. Like, I want to see him try. Like, I'm excited for the future of him.
2: I went for the role that stuck with me ever since I saw it, which was Keanu Reeves and the matrix resurrections. That's awesome, man. Um, I think it's his best performance in a movie. Um, I really love. He has this line that I've constantly been, been repeating to myself when, when it's like, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, this is what the real world is like now. And he goes real. There's that word again. And like for some reason, that just keeps playing over and over in my mind. His his, his story of, I don't want to fight. I don't care about your revolution. I just want Trinity. Yeah. I just want Trinity. Sure. Um, really love the vulnerability he brought to Neo. Um, the the clearly I can still kick your ass, but I don't want to anymore. I'm too old for this shit. Let me just let me just be in peace. I loved it. I love his, his performance in that movie so much
0: um this was hard but i had to but the one i picked i still feel that he did that this actor did an amazing performance especially for a character that's very well known and a lot of people know and i went with robert Pattinson for batman he he did to me he did such a very a very well done batman a very i don't want to say young batman because christian bale did a good young batman but you can tell this is batman in the very beginning of his career this is batman who still doesn't Know all the things that like future Batman will can do, and he's still a little clumsy. He still takes punches, but he rolls with it. And also, I love the scene that got me was the Riddler scene where he, where Riddler is in the cell, and he goes Bruce Wayne, and he says the name over and over, and you think, oh shit, he knows. But then you see him instantly lower his guard when he's like, yeah, that's the one that got away, but we
3: still did some great things, didn't we? That is that is a really good scene to to demonstrate Ben because like. Robert Pattinson is such a great actor. He does so much eye
4: acting yeah, in this
3: movie. Like he has to be like almost, almost crying like all the time. Cause like that's like where the like the real emotion comes. Like he is so good at that. So like that is a really good scene to, to talk about. Like because mm-hmm. like the scene where it's like he thinks he's caught, and then you know he knows he's not caught anymore. You see the relief leave his body, like that is some good acting. Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Like he's he, like he's still in the shadows, but you still see his eyes, and and then of course it's like a second. He realized okay, he doesn't know. He like he goes into the light and he faces Riddler face like face to face kind of behind through the glass. And that scene is just so good. I mean, don't get me wrong, John Cena was amazing. All the other actors in this, like Keanu Reeves, like Brandon, you were talking about, it's like, man, Keanu Reeves did do an amazing job in the Matrix, but to me it, it had to be Robert Pattinson.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, this this was tight, but there there's uh a clear victor, and the winner
4: is, of course... And his name is John Cena! Yes! (laughs) Yes, Sparks, yes!
3: By by so much, it's John Cena. Oh, God, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened. That was so
4: great.
2: (laughs) Sparks called me this morning. Instead, I'm gonna tell you one of the winners because I need your help with
4: this. That's so
1: good. Uh, it was such a landslide victory. I was like, I I want to do this, so I I clipped out a bit <laughs> for Brandon to play. Uh, John Cena for Peacemaker won.
3: Incredible. Good oh, good job, man. John. You follow me and 300,000 other people on Twitter. Can
2: I say I've been I've been really stressed about that moment. <laughs>
0: All night.
3: <laughs> so I'm really glad it worked out,
0: dude. Chat is blowing up right now. We can I blow? Yeah, we up. got They're a right. lot of people in the chat. Hello, yeah, everybody. Catherine, Catherine Root is saying "Elmero." Sam is saying "Yes." Grayson is saying that was perfectly timed, which it was. <laughs> uh,
1: really, really happy for that. Really happy for John Cena getting that win from a lot I, of people.
2: I can't wait. Voters. I can't wait to hear John Cena's name at the Oscars. Like I, what, I truly, I name? love his performance in that movie and yeah. the show. Uh, I think he's got the chops for it.
1: I want to see John Cena time. win awards, man. He's so good.
0: I know All what right. like, but I want to rewind back to the part where it's like, his
1: name is John Cena! So So happy for that. We will move on to our next category, which is Best visual effects. This is another one where Ryan gave me a little bit of guff and wrote in Dune, which would have been Tristan Miles and Paul Lambert, but I did not. I'm just
3: saying, you guys put the Book of Boba Fett over Dune on this one. This is all that's, I'm saying. That's
1: fair. Dune got so much love at the Oscars, we didn't feel too bad about it. Oh, you mean it. all
3: the stuff that wasn't shown on TV? Cool.
1: Absol- absolutely. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, we are uh, nominating for this category John... DJ Desjardin for Godzilla vs. Kong, Kelvin McElwain and Fiona Campbell for The Suicide Squad, Scott Edelstein for Spider-Man No Way Home, Richard Bluff for The Book of Boba Fett, and Sven Gilberg for Free Guy. Uh, My my vote went to Godzilla vs. Kong very quickly and easily. Yeah, I think that movie looks incredible. Um, Like, honestly uh way better than i feared it would when we were hearing about it coming and everything like the we we've said it time and time again about godzilla versus kong but the fact that the nighttime fight scene looks so colorful and Mm -hmm. vibrant and that i see everything and they look incredible and that's all visual effects amazing uh just amazing um i really wanted to give godzilla versus kong the love on this one
3: so that's where i went Hmm? i also picked godzilla versus kong in the absence of Dune, because honestly, these other movies, their their special effects are are good, they're fine, they're great. Uh, Godzilla Kong is the winner of this list.
2: Um, I will, I will also say, I've, I, I, I was curious about why the Book of Boba Fett was on this list. I'll be honest, I didn't fight too hard. I mean, for it. I
1: mean, to be fair, like it or not, Luke is visual effects.
2: That's true, and he does look pretty good, and he He's looks a, very good. The acting of it is what distracts it. I agree with you. Um, I really like the Suicide Squad visual effects of Starro. I really I rewatched Free Guy recently. I think the movie looks great, uh, but for me, it went for Godzilla vs Kong for many many of the same reasons what, what you said, Sparks. I just think that movie looks so vibra- uh, vibrantly beautiful. A lot of the the a lot of the fight sequences are so well choreographed, um, and that's all visual effects. Mm-hmm. The uh, I don't think Godzilla. Uh, has looked better on screen. Um, honestly, like I, I, I think his, the, the way he is rendered and the way he moves is really, is just really good stuff. Uh, Yeah. Like, like the movie a whole lot.
1: And I remember, yeah. I remember like just bringing it up when we were watching that, that movie uh, all together at home. Cause we had to. And uh, when you get that first moment with Godzilla in the movie and it's the, the coming down over the water, yeah. and, he's and he's all glowing blue and he comes up from the water and he roars and you're like, Holy shit! This movie visually is on a whole other level than what yeah. we saw in King of the Monsters. It was just incredible. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah,
0: yeah. My vote also is for Godzilla vs. Kong. Des, I mean, I don't have anything else to s- more to say. You know what? Or- don't
2: tell me the winner if it's not Godzilla
0: vs. Kong. <laughs> well,
1: you don't need to worry because the winner is John D J Desjardins for Godzilla vs. Kong.
2: Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love Beautiful. that movie. Yeah. How was it not nominated at the Oscars for visual effects?
1: I thought that too. Like when I saw both Shang-Chi and Spider-Man up there, I'm like Godzilla versus Kong got snubbed. Those visual effects were incredible. Yeah, yeah that,
3: that's a
4: weird. Like it,
1: I, I get it not winning, but it should have been nominated over some of those others. Options. Yeah, it did yeah. um, not just didn't get the traction or attention. It deserved. our uh, moving on. Our next category is best score with Michael Giacchino for the Batman. Hans Zimmer for Dune. Christoph Beck for Free Guy. Michael Giacchino for Spider-Man No Way Home. He's up here twice. And (laughs) Ludwig Gorenson for Turning
4: Red.
2: I want to real quickly say, Grayson, in his vote, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call a vote out. He just said Michael Giacchino. Oh. So I'm sorry, buddy. I couldn't count it because I didn't know who you meant.
4: (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) You know what? I was, we were having lunch when we were recording yesterday and he told me, he's like, yo, Brandon just messaged me. I was like, "What well, that was like, I said, Michael J. King. I was like, oh, cause he's up there twice. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, real quickly. I want to, want to, want to uh, clarify. He
2: did eventually say Spider-Man. So, you know. okay.
1: Oh, okay. um, I went through a bit on this one because of course, Dune is great. Yeah. Part of me wanted to give it to free guy because Christoph Beck is expanding on a piece of music I already loved and then making that score. So the sucker in me kind of wanted to give it to that. And then I got really close to giving it to Turning Red because I watched it again here and Jeremy pointed out to me how throughout the film, Goranson is interweaving the um, stylings of the family and the grandma and the aunties who come in at the end with the boy band music in the score frequently throughout the film that you're getting both of those pieces before they ultimately boom right at the end for that conclusion. And I had to say that that was so impressive when I was paying attention to it, that it almost took this all away from me. But then I went to the theaters and I saw the Batman again. (laughs) And I thought about how much I walk around after I see that movie and just go boom, 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 boom in my head. And I gave it to the Batman, Michael Mm -hmm. Giacchino. Amazing score.
3: These are, these are all, terrific and excellent scores i also even though i I picked dune it was a challenge because there's not one but two giacchino scores that i've listened to endlessly at work on my spotify account uh like specifically like the 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 no way home stuff was like man this is like almost too good to be in a spider-man movie jesus christ um but i did pick dune because um he's just doing lots of really impressive unique things that you don't normally see in big blockbusters like when's the last time you really heard bagpipes and a Blake Blockbuster? It's literally never. It's literally never. Um, he invented shit for this movie. Like again, like the, the journey of him making this music, it's he's made just hundreds of hours of just like just like what like background noise of Dune and like the work. Not that I'm not saying anyone else put less work into their work and other people, sure. like he really dived into this project and lived with it for so long. Um so I picked I picked you.
1: And, and to be honest, like full disclosure, it did come down to, for, for me, I, I did start to just acknowledging my bias. I did start to like, let Dune go because Dune got it at the Oscars. And I'm like, I really yeah. want to highlight one of these other incredible scores, oh, but like fair, yeah. Dune is an amazing score. It's very oh, yeah. true.
2: Uh, I was pretty close to doing Spider-Man No Way Home because of the, uh, way that Chia Chino, uh, interweaves the Elfman and Horner scores, um, into into his and I was pretty close to it, but man, that Batman score is really good. Yeah, so I went to Michael Giacchino for the Batman.
0: I also went for a Michael Giacchino for the Batman because just like Sparks, I would be at work or I'm even playing Eldering, and Eldering has a really really good score attached to it. But when I'm thinking about that game when I'm elsewhere, I just think the Batman song with du its just so good. It fits with practically everything. It's like a Guile's theme or something. So yeah. that's why I voted for. It's it's deceptive in
1: its simplicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was very close between Dune and the Batman, but the winner is Michael Giacchino for the Batman.
3: Nice. Uh, so like the Batman, the Batman's theme is incredibly good. The Riddler's theme, which is, like, Ave Maria, but, like, you know, mixed up. Uh, Mm Catwoman's theme is excellent as well. Um, Beautiful strings, high strings. Like, uh, uh, every character has a unique theme. Uh, I mean, just Giacchino is, like, he really is, like, modern-day John Williams. Like, that dude can do it all. He's incredible.
1: I I fully agree. Um, Our next category is Best Actress. And the nominees are Margot Robbie for The Suicide Squad. Zoe Kravitz for The Batman. Daniela Melchior for the Suicide Squad. Emma Stone for Cruella mm-hmm. and Katherine Hahn for WandaVision. Uh my vote for this one did go to Margot Robbie. Um, I honestly had probably the hardest time I think of all of them with this category because I truly love all of them. I put I was I pushed for Daniela Melchior to be on here because I really love Ratcatcher 2 and mm-hmm. wanted to give Ratcatcher 2 love. But I kept thinking about Margot Robbie's performance in the scene where she's relating all the pain she's felt about trying to find herself after breaking up with the Joker, which isn't even textually important in the Suicide Squad, yet there it is in that monologue and the way she performs it. And just the fact that she's always been incredible as Harley. But but here, especially getting to that that moment was so powerful for me, I had to go with Margot Robbie.
3: This is this was a tough category. Um, besides Emma Stone, like I, I like Cruel a lot, but like I was thinking of these other four. Uh, I almost picked Katherine Hahn just because like that is an that is an actress that I really love, and it's really cool to see her blow up in such a big way, especially as a villain. I did pick Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in the Batman. Uh, that is I just a fully realized character that I love so much that I specifically like the type of version of a character like from Tom King's Batman that I just like. I can't believe I got this so perfectly well adapted on screen. Um DC's killing it man like recently like like Harley is like as a character I never cared about before. Now I love Harley Quinn. Like I've always liked Catwoman but like the representation on screen hasn't been good. Uh just good good for DC all around but I picked I picked Catwoman. Yeah. Um
2: this one was really hard. Really hard. But ultimately, I went with Katherine Hahn from WandaVision. I really like how she's just eaten the scenery. Yeah. Every scene she's in, uh, she takes away from everyone that she's playing with. Uh really liked her, her performance.
0: I had to go with Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman and the Batman. She wow. was just phenomenal in this she role. Is. So, I mean, the more I thought, I want to say that I picked the reason why I picked Zoe Kravitz is also partially because of recency bias. Mm-hmm. because I just saw the Batman more recently than I did see a lot of the other stuff. But then I started thinking about it, I was like, but man, Margot Robbie did an amazing job. Like the scene that Sparks, you were talking about with, that, with the leader of the country, where she's mm-hmm. talking about her breakup or like the thing with her and the Joker. That was such a really good scene. And even the scene with Ratcatcher 2, where she's talking about her dad. I was like, man, that was also such a really good scene. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, but Zoe Kravitz just nailed it as Catwoman. Just straight up nailed it. I get yeah. the
4: Catwoman.
1: Yeah. Uh, the winner is, in fact, Catherine Hahn for WandaVision. Wow. Yeah. Love it.
4: Good for uh,
1: her. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool on that one. Um, our next category is Deserves More Engagement. This is this is one mm. that we were actually really fond of uh, wanting to do. This is one where we wanted to spotlight something that at least two of us have watched that we, we really wish more people were engaging with. Um, I'll be honest, one of the nominees is on this list, and I, I do know that outside of the fake nerd circle, it actually has gotten a lot of good engagement. And I I realize that I wish one of you was also watching Legends of Tomorrow because I wish I could put Legends of Tomorrow on here <laughs> at this point, but I can't. So here we are, and Next the nominees year. are Motherland Fort Salem, Arcane, Godzilla Singular Point, The Owl House, and Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh My vote went to Motherland, Fort Salem. Uh, Easily, easily, Ryan and I, when we're watching it, can't stop talking about it on the podcast, saying we wish more people were watching it. I want to eat up that world in lore, in books, in comics, in movies, in spinoffs. I want it. Uh, That world is so cool, and uh, I don't think it gets nearly enough buzz for how great it is.
3: I also picked Motherland, Fort Salem. I almost picked The Owl House. Um, But... uh... I, I feel like Motherland has le- even less people on it than the Owl House because, like, the Owl House is like a really great progressive animated show, uh, and Motherland is a really c- cool progressive show that just no one, no one's ever heard of or watches. Um, right. So, like, I picked that one. Uh, it is so wholly unique and cool. Uh, again, it's about like it's about like female military witches, and like that sounds like it could be really bad, but like just the way it's handled is so insanely cool. Um, really unique, really great.
2: This was another tough one for me because I really like three of these shows. Um, Star Trek Lower Decks is on here. I really like Star Trek Lower Decks, but I kind of wanted to go like, what do I just think more people need to be watching and more people need to be talking about? Because it's, it's, it's I really want you guys to watch Lower Decks, but like, that's not like the, the whole wider world. Um, so I did Arcane. Cause I'm just like, everybody needs to watch Arcane and everybody needs to talk about Arcane. We need to, we need to live in Arcane. Like, this is what we need.
1: I, I i'm really impressed with that because like i'm glad arcane has that much impact on you because godzilla singular point is here and i know you want more people to be
0: watching that show
2: <laughs> i know but we're not getting that second season
1: it's true
0: sad yeah uh i picked owl house mm-hmm. i i mean the more i think about it yeah because i there are a few people on my twitter on my twitter timeline that do talk about the owl house they do tweet pictures and post fan art and stuff so it does get some certain engagement but then at the same time not a lot of people were talking about that show and that show is fantastic it's an amazing show and yeah i feel it does deserve more engagement so that way and also the way i see it the more engagement it gets the more disney maybe will walk no. back on their whole thing i was saying you know never mind but
2: nope. it's not gonna happen. I, wait for that. I think this will be our signature award it's a good one yeah i do like it and the winner is?
1: The winner is just eking by Motherland Fort Salem. Really? Really? I was really happy to see it. We did get just just enough Anybody votes else? for Motherland Fort Salem to clear it.
3: Somebody at... else watches that show?
1: Yeah, we got six votes on it. Oh, really I'll take really it. happy to see it, which I guess also I... is kind of counter to the point of the award.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, but... but still, like, that's like, an... I fully expected us to have the only two votes for that show, like, for real. So. That's I'm exciting. I'm very
1: pleased. I'm very yeah. pleased.
3: Nice. That third season's not out yet, right?
1: That third season is not out yet. It'll mm. should be out, I think, in the summer. Third and final. All right, I got to okay, talk. Okay, friends, we're down to our last two categories. Here we are, best animated film. The nominees are, Mitchells versus the Machines, Luca, Lupin the Third, the First, Raya and the Last Dragon. And turning red. We all know how I felt about the Oscars and where it should have gone for the animated film at the Oscars. It's Michels versus the machines for me.
3: I wrote in Dune.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked Mitchell versus the machines. That movie, I cannot believe that movie didn't win an Oscar. That's it's such a it's so sad. It's so good. it's incredible, truly really incredible.
2: I'll be perfectly honest. I almost picked Loop on the third, just because I wanted to give it the love. Sure. But you know how much I love Mitchells versus the Machines. It had to be
0: Mitchells versus the Machines. I also want to give Loop on the Third some, or Loop on the Third the first some love cuz that is a fantastically made movie. It looks gorgeous, but also Mitchells versus the Machines, I am still pretty mad, pretty salty uh, that it didn't win that Oscar. The only thing that upset me in, in last week's
2: Oscars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do have to share with you guys that the winner for this one in a
3: landslide
1: Mm.
3: Is Mitchell's versus the machines? Yes! I knew it. I I said I saw what you were doing. Yeah. I
2: thought he was gonna say Ryan, and I was like,
4: uh, I, I, I like Raya, I, know, I guess. I, I, I like, like Ryan red,
3: God, it even came
4: out.
1: Uh turning Turning Red was second. Oh, okay. But um again, a landslide for Mitchell's I, versus if, the machines.
0: If Turning Red or Luca were to be out Mitchells versus the Machines, I would not have been upset because I love both of those movies, but Mitchell's is better. It's Mitchell's,
2: Mitchell's is the greatest animated film that came out last year.
4: Yeah,
0: Before. it is. It is. Yeah. Sorry, Encanto. It you're... is the
2: it is the arcane of cinema.
0: Yeah. Encanto, <laughs> you're a good movie, but you're not as good as Mitchell's versus Machines. I'm sorry.
4: I agree.
1: Uh, and our last category: best live action film. Ooh, the boy. nominees are Dune, The Matrix Resurrections, Spider Man: No Way Home. The Batman and Free Guy. Uh, my vote in this category went to The Batman. Um, after seeing it a second time, it became crystal clear to me how much I really, really, truly love that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's so much in it that I, I just dig. If it wasn't The Batman, it was very likely going to be The Matrix Resurrections. Nice. Um, but it is,
3: for me, The Batman. Yeah, Congrats. it's no surprise it's Dune. Uh <laughs> We don't, we don't often like, I love every, even Free Guy. Like I I love every movie on this list. I've seen versions of all these movies before in some way or another. Dune, even I've gotten an adaptation of Dune. That's not the book whatsoever. Uh, The fact that they were able to turn that, that incredibly dense, really hard book into something that's palatable for the mainstream audience made it uh, with, uh, with care you treated it like with maturity, um, and it's a hardcore, hardcore science fiction movie that people liked. Uh, and again, like it, like Lord of the Rings is the last time something this like that I think was like this big and successful at what it was trying to do. Um, so I, I have to give it to Dune. I, I, I wanted to see the Batman for the fourth time, but this is like the tenth Batman movie. Like I, I, I love it. I've seen it before in a way. I have not seen something like Dune in uh, the same way. So I picked it. This
2: one was really hard for me. I love all these movies, but ultimately I had to make a choice, and so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I picked the Batman.
0: Good, it's a good movie. Should have picked Matrix. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. This one, shockingly enough, wasn't super hard for me, and I will admit it was based on hype. It was based on I want, I guess fan service is another way to put it, but also. Just the fact that the the final product that we got was an amazing experience, not just in a the movie theater, but as a film itself for me, and it was so good just to see all this stuff. It's like this can happen in a cinematic universe. Matrix Resurrections, right? Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good choice, good movie. Yeah, it it was it 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 got me good. It got me really good. Not to say that like, Dune was amazing. Dune is amazing. I mean. I mean, yes, I know what I put. I mean, if I had to like really be technical about it, Dune is the best live action movie out of all of these. But just for me, sitting down and just watching that Spider Man movie, I am itching to buy that film on Blu ray. I am itching. I might even go hunt down the Steelbook for it. I don't care. Cause that movie was just so damn good. And it was so much fun to watch.
3: In, so. in, a, in a year of blockbuster movies, like if I'm looking at this lineup, like I like Free Guy, but like I'm just gonna move it away. But like Dune, Matrix, Spider Man, Batman. Those are all insanely incredible blockbuster big movies. Like we don't get years like this all the time. Like this was a good year. Good yeah, year. It, it mean, really in the was. Kind of the year weird, it but was. like. You know what
2: I mean. the winner,
3: the winner is
1: Spider-Man: No Way Home.
2: There you go. Yep. Spider-Man. Congratulations, Spider-Man: No Way Home. You were never going to get into the Oscars. That's weird. Yeah. We're,
1: that's... We're, yeah, yeah. That's that. That is our fake nerd awards 2022. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Love it. Really happy we did this. I thought this was a lot of fun. And I really yeah. appreciate, again, everybody who voted Instagram, Twitter, uh, DMing me or Brandon personally like, thank you. Uh, really, really grateful. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And we can, we can plan it a little earlier next year. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. make a bigger yeah, show of fun. fun. Yeah. yeah this is great. Yeah. I enjoyed this.
2: All right, so we're going about three and a half. Should we skip the book club? Move it to next week. I'm okay with that. Yeah, let's do
1: that. Yeah, I got All right, go right Fred. Uh, our book club will be next week.
2: Yeah. Uh, and next week, once in future, is Ben's pick for the book club. Uh mm-hmm. so you got an extra week to read it. Yeah. Um and, and because Ryan picked up his, I will pick up mine as is customary. It's All just
3: right. it's just like Dan Mora. Like uh, like I'll talk about this guy for two weeks. I don't care. I yeah,
0: mean, I don't have it with me, but if anyone was wondering why I picked Once in Futures, because I mean I've been playing Elder Ring, I'm on a fancy kick. I need more fancy shit in my veins, so here you go.
2: you're gonna like it. All right, so that'll do it for this week. Thank you again, everybody. Um, I can't believe the engagement we got with this. It was really humbling. It was really cool. Um, we had a great time putting this together. We had a great week of uh, things. Again, um, thank you guys. Thank you just really grateful to to our fans Uh, we
1: we got it it, truly like brandon and i talked about like really impressed with the amount of engagement that we got uh for this so thank thank you guys that was really awesome made us feel real good even though we were pulling it out kind of last minute it was really awesome
2: yeah next week we'll be talking about sonic the hedgehog 2
1: so (laughs)
3: excited your views are in
4: they're
0: so good they're my boys they're good hold up, hold up. Here, here he is here's the amiibo here's the, hold up hold up i got another one i got another thing we got a winner uh, we got a winner Aletta got this for me for her birthday it's him holding a chili dog how
3: cute is that that's not good I,
2: I don't know what the rotten tomato score is at this point but when it debuted it was like 54 and so like someone posted the picture of another then Paul i was like no
1: we're <laughs> supposed to
4: do this together <laughs> no, okay.
1: i gotta i gotta go so fast um oh, i am we, so we,
4: i can we gotta wait coordinate
1: to... we gotta coordinate when we're going because ben i'm not seeing this without you
4: oh my god you're,
0: you're probably saying it without me oh, oh um man. okay yeah we we get we gotta t- we got we gotta figure that out we definitely have to figure that out but um yeah i'm just excited so i can nominate jim carrey for best actor next year for the fakie awards
3: <laughs> Sparks, are you back are you back before thursday i will be yeah Okay, because I'm off Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but Ben works, and I can't see Sonic 2 without oh, no, Ben. I'm sorry, I forgot, I'm sorry, I forgot Ben, you worked. I, I just, I you know what?
0: We'll, okay, we'll talk about it after the show.
3: Or I is Ben feeling a little unwell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for that shenanigans. Um, Sonic Son the Hedgehog 2 next week. Again, thank you guys. Make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Check out some of our other shows. We've got Conversation Season 2 coming up um i'm working sorry it's a little slow because i've got a lot of stuff going on right now um but it is coming and i am working on it um dirty uh check out some of our other stuff on youtube uh again like this video subscribe to this channel you can check out um Fichtner's watch we got two fictors watches once again we got moon knight uh, episode coming soon and uh, star trek Picard season two which is really good really enjoying that um, although Cookie called its writers geniuses last week, and I'm not sure I agree with that, but they are very good. Lowercase G. Lowercase G, son. Lowercase G. <laughs> yeah. But I'm feeling humble.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, you can check out, of course, Basement Arcade. Basement Arcade will come back with another Mortal Kombat episode soon. Um, Sparks has been busy, so has been slow goings. But the award-winning Basement
1: Arcade. If you aren't watching, I'm not where I usually am. I'm <laughs> at my family home dealing with family things so it's been a little crazy yeah fam, fam, fam.
2: the award-winning based on arcade pause menu Ooh. Ooh. once again this is the last week i'm doing that. i'm not doing the
0: next week i'm um, that's fine I, I, I we we won the last week so i'm okay with doing it the, the one week uh yeah New episodes coming out soon. I got two in the can, uh, recorded, ready to go. Once again, we just have to work it out with Sparks because he is our kind editor who does the voice, or not the voice. He does the the sound stuff, and I really appreciate him. So I just have to wait until he's ready to go.
2: And of course, Fake Nerd Book Club and Animation Station. It occurs to me that it has been a while since those episodes have been since those episodes of those shows have been put out. So if you don't know, Victor Book Club does have a show that does have episodes out right now. Um, that is our comic book series. We have to look at comic books an uh, animation station we look at animation discussion um you can find episodes of those shows uh on this channel as well you can check out crafted by z masks you know um i guess there's a new variant coming you know hippiekaya um you can oh. check out what's the b whatever the hell before that's a oh, that's a Michael star trek character that's a star trek character oh,
4: okay.
2: crafted by z mask you can check those out if you want uh they're still there. Um, Patreon. We get you can subscribe to our Patreon if you'd like, and you can subscribe to our T public. we don't subscribe to our T public. I'm sorry. Ugh. You can buy stuff on our T public. You know, we got some stuff on T Public. We got some cool merch on T Public, I think. You can check those out. Those are available there. You can find all the links to everything I just mentioned and everything else on our website at faknerpodcast.com. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the Rewind. And thank you to everyone who watched the live show tonight. We had a lot of people watching. That was really cool. Um, I mean, it's a lot of our friends. But hey, we appreciate you guys. We love you hey, guys. Hey, a view is a view. A view is a view. And we mm-hmm. love our friends. So, sure. That we do. Um, th- but thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate all the support. Thank you to Jeremy Volucci. Um, you can find... He's the... He, thank you to Jeremy Volucci. Uh, he did all the music that you heard here tonight. And all the music for all of our shows um you can find his podcast suburban proctologist official uh, on facebook suburban proctologist official man my god um (laughs) on instagram at sub podcast of course you can find him at jeremy velucci keyboards on instagram
0: not gonna lie i was expecting jeremy to hear jeremy in the background yelling you're welcome he can't hear us oh never mind because he's wearing headphones look at the headphones on sparks ben
2: um thank you to mike Matola for doing uh, some of our logos, uh, collaborating with us. We love you. Um, you can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Matola. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the fake nerd podcasts, fake at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Atomic Geekdom where I'm doing the Revisiting the Infinity Saga series, um, which I have talked about. I'm also writing for Screen Rant where I write tons of lists for them on, uh, on their website. And I'm the editor of Kaiju Ramen uh, kaiju roman media website um you find the link to a new magazine
0: below ben yeah you can find me trying to figure out whether or not to play elder ring or sonic the hedgehog at ben magnet on instagram and twitter at ben or ben magnet 27 on instagram and twitter you can also find me writing for old school gamer magazine.com go nintendo.com and also fusion gaming magazine where my very first published article ever is coming out at issue 31 on fusiongamingmagazine.com. So just keep a weather eye out on my socials for when that becomes available on the Fusion website to purchase.
3: Ryan? Uh, you can find me devouring the very gods themselves as Rigo God Butcher, 120 hours in the Elden Ring. Make that probably 150 by the next podcast at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Sparks.
1: Uh, You can find me singing the praises of John Cena and Arcane at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z-Witty, and very likely going to immediately rewatch the John Cena bit from this episode.
2: All right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next time you see us, do it. Oh, I was gonna, but then I decided not to. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, stay fake, nerds.
4: And his name is John Cena!